Okay, so welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 59. Well, thank you for that, Anne. Your countdown was on fleek, mm. as they say. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to Critical Apocalypse. That was nonsense. Welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 59. Is that an outtake from a BBC sitcom from the 90s? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It just like rambled off. Well, the problem is that now it's gone to the point now where we're in February and I haven't drank since um, since New Year's. That's your problem. Fuck you. I've drunk. I've drunk once. Actually, no, I, I tell her that I've drunk once in the in that month odd. That drunk has twice. Happened. Drunk. I've only drunk once, and that was my leaving party from my mm. previous job, which is where I went to go see a film with my workmates, which was very fun. But we'll talk about that more later. But in regards to drinking, smoking, all that other bad stuff that I used to do, not done any of it. I've been running regularly. I've been getting myself fit. You've just been mainlining... Just been mainlining heroin. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I have noticed, and this is becoming worrying to me, is I despise Joe Wicks. I hate him. Joe Wicks is that person who does 15-minute lean. You know they seem to have released 10 books all in one week. So they've got a bunch of books that are like, Cook Yourself Lean or Work Out No Gillian Michaels. No. Anyway, so so this dude's just appeared out of nowhere. And the problem is he has my hair. And now that I'm unemployed, he's got my stubble. And a job. No, his job is that he's a fucking prick. I despise it. Well, the problem is, I don't. I, my problem is that people nowadays are looking for the quickest fix they can to get slim, to lose weight, to do all that other shit. They want 15 minute meals they can make. It's pretty easy. Burn more calories than you eat. Yeah, that's the <laughs> secret. So do less, eat. No, sorry, do more, eat less. <laughs> do less, eat more. That's the wrong way to do it. But, you know. Do every, less, eat more celery. Everyone knows the rules. But because this dickhead's come along and released a book that's like, you need to cook chicken for this amount of time so you don't get salmonella and die. And then you need to add this to it and this to it. And then you've got a complete meal. You need to add it in these quantities because if you go over, it's unhealthy. You've eaten too much. If you go under, then it's not enough. It depends it's on your body you. and what you do. Exactly. People buy these books. You these... could eat like donuts all day as long as you fucking go crazy and exercise. No, because it, it doesn't fuel you pop- properly. The problem with donuts yeah, are... you're still like, eating lots of donuts. If you're going to eat something... If you're going to eat something, yeah. If you're going to eat something, that I'm you, talking about healthy living. No, if you're going to eat something that's going to fuel just you, want to eat if, donuts. If you say you have gone to the gym and you've done a two thousand calorie session, you've like you've had the thing count down, so you've used enough fuel to equate to maybe um maybe two thousand calories, and that day you've only consumed a thousand, and you need to make up that detriment because your body needs that fuel to keep going. Then you go and you eat a fucking so- like a whole saurine loaf or something like that. Fuck you yeah. go and yeah, you go and eat something that's massively calorific because Slice your body's put butter on it. Your body's using that fuel. You've already got a detriment of fuel. But anyway, so that's what saurine's got a lot of calories. Yeah, it's like a thousand calories. I've eaten a whole saurine as well. Don't worry. There's no shame in that. Like the problem is that I do a five hundred. I, I do a five hundred calorie workout every day. What about saurine that's sliced already? Saurine that's sliced already. Yes, yeah, probably more because <laughs> it's more crust. Because uh, you got to remember the crust is like condensed compared to the inside where it's light and fluffy and there's air in there. The the crust, there's less of that. So it's more calories in the crust. There's more to eat. Um, but the, see, the problem is, that, let's get back to this. So diets and things like that really fuck me off. And they fuck me off in a way that just really irritates me. Once you get to the age of 20, I feel like you should have the basic rules set that you know how to live. So you know how to wash your clothes, you know how to pay money into banks and things, and you know how to cook food. Those are the three things that you should know. Like, you should know how to survive if your parents aren't around. You know? You think that everybody knows those rules. So they can put washing in a washing machine, then in a dryer, and then wear it. Well, you put stuff in a washing machine, and it stays there. Okay, I forget to dry stuff sometimes, because I'm running a lot, and I blame my brain. No, what you need to do is go, I put washing in the washing machine a few hours ago. It's a good tip. Right on my yeah. arm, and then when I've done it, 
cross it out. Get it tattooed on my hand, and then I'll always assume I'm doing washing. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the basic rules to living. I can cook, I can clean, I can do the stuff I need to get by. All right, don't do that. But I can do the stuff I need to basically survive. But then people get to a certain age nowadays, and they don't know how to do these things. So they buy this magical book and they go, well, not only is this going to tell me how to do the things I need to survive, it's going to help me shed this weight that I hate so much because for some fucking reason I only eat cheese and I only eat cheese, cheese puffs or Wotsits or Doritos. And I'm suddenly this massive thing and I don't know why. Why is this happening to me? My friend eats all the same stuff I do. She eats a tiny pack, I eat a 200 gram pack, but that's besides the point. Why am I, I like so you like you can get those mix-up bags now and get the Doritos, Wotsits, French fries. See, again, this is the problem, because I can, admit good. That, I can admit that I love those things, but if I eat a pack of that, then I won't eat dinner. I'll try and avoid eating more, you know, because you know what's in there. It's salt, it's it's carbs, it's all that shit that you're trying to work off. Cheesy flavour. Cheesy, Cheesy flavouring number nine. Yeah. But you buy, there's the people that believe these magical books exist, where they can pick it up and some curly-head fucking prick on the cover is going, listen here, laugh. What you got there? Get a chicken. Get a chicken in your pan. You get a chicken, you get your spring, you get your spring onions, you get your rice, and you fucking bang good, bang tie, lovely, put a little bit of soy sauce in there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna cook that, I'm gonna eat that, yeah. And I'm just fucking I'm ready to just But what does that have to do with reviews? That has nothing to do with reviews, that's just me ranting about life right now. This is me just despising stupidity. This is me despising stupidity and then idiots that come in and then take advantage of other idiots. I'm not drinking anything, so don't look down at my drink as if I've got a bottle of... I'm trying to see if you're still on a soapbox or anything. (laughs) My my problem is that why are idiots allowing idiots to preach them? We've seen this now in media. So this is now me explaining that I've seen this in media. So this is this is the same as your I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, of your your the voice, your Britain's got talent. This is the same as all those programmes where you have an idiot leading idiots. And you've got other idiots going like, oh, I don't need to walk a couple stage or singing it. I'll get real good at it. And then I'll go and I'll be famous. It's like, no, you're never going to be famous. Because that's not fame. That's not earned. Uh, that's a five minute little fucking vignette to your life. And then you're going to go on to go on to being on benefits or something else like that. You're not going to be... be... wanking off dogs for Watsits. <laughs> you're not going to be or the famous. next big thing. Because it's not earned. You can't go and everything that exists in the universe requires matter. To exist before it. And everything that is, is a combination of that matter being manipulated in one way or another. Or being combined in another way with another thing. Just matter needs matter to exist. You don't get a career from nothing. That's not how it works. You need hard work. You need to build the foundation to what you're doing. And then you can become something. You can't be Steve Bernstein, the dickhead, and then go on Britain's Got Talent, win Britain's Got Talent, release Butterfly, and then be Steve Bernstein, the superstar. No, you're still Steve Bernstein, the dickhead. You've got a slightly different platform, and you're probably bankrupt. That's the difference, is that you get this you get this this dream for such a fleeting moment that you don't know how to handle it and your life is ruined. And that's idiots leading idiots. And that's the thing, that's the thing with these weight loss things, you'll you'll lose the weight. Yeah, you'll lose the weight because you'll follow the book stringently. But there'll be one day where you have a pizza, or there'll be one day when Joe Wicks you see a picture of Joe Wicks eating a pizza and you'll be like, Well, Joe Wicks can do it for one day of the week. But that one day becomes seven days, and you fall back in the same habits. And you've got people, you've got people on things like, like fucking Big Brother, and oh, I can, I can go and live in a house for seven weeks without paying rent. It's essentially the doll, the game, 
and you can go and you can do that. And then after that, what are you going to do? What is what is the skill that you've shown off in that house that makes you such a fucking asset to someone else? And you get to appear on Question Time or something. Great, fantastic. You get to appear on Question Time once. So with you get the that. other Nazis. So actually, right, with that, you're not completely in the dark. You're not completely in this fucking void. You've got a tiny light in the distance. And if you keep running towards it, maybe you can get it before it extinguishes. But maybe. If you keep running towards light. that light, it might be a truck. Fingers crossed. If you're lucky. But that's the thing, I just... I Are hate... you going to review anything, ever? Yeah, okay, it's my turn first this week, so my first review is going to be the new film, Silence. Silence by Marty Scorsese. Or Mighty... Marty Scorsese, as I like to call him, because we're buddies. We're buddies since the early days, since Goodfellas. His friends Godfather. call him Marty. His friends call him Marty. Yeah. Sometimes we call him McFly, just as a joke. Do you get it? Because his name, Marty... Martin, shorthand, Martin. It was Jess. a bit weird when before Back to the Future came out and people were calling that. No one hey, really got hey, it. Hey, hey, we had access to a script. We were in the biz. There's a lot of cocaine. You could see the future when you do enough cocaine. Did you have the script when the monkey was in it? He no, no, no. Because you see, that script was actually burnt completely. Mm. The only things that survived from that script were the names. We had to burn it. Very racist. At one point, I'm not going to go into detail. But you know how the mayor is a black man in the future? That monkey played into that. No. It's not even a fucking joke. That's actually a fact about the original script. Did you know this? What? They had the they had the monkey brainwashed so it could speak. And at one point it would give a speech. And then the janitor would be... like They'd run off with the monkey and the janitor would be there. They'd go, oh, look, that guy. That's the guy doing the speech. That's bad. That was almost in one of the greatest like 80s teen comedy fun time films. That. But you saw Silence. So I saw Silence, starring uh, starring Spider Man, Kylo Ren, and uh, Taken. Qui Gon Jinn. Taken. 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 Yeah. <laughs> the guy who can't look after his family. Um, but uh, yeah, so Silence is a story of priests. Um, I think it's in the 17th century. I believe it's in the 17th century. The discovery of Japan um, as a nation, like people traveling over there and, and seeking fortune and things like that like traders and then on the other Girls side of panties things, in vending machines on the other side of things you've got the Japanese were uh, Buddhist people and the and the emperor at the time believed in Buddhism so he was at, uh, per, uh, persecuting Christians so you've got uh, Liam Neeson plays a Christian who taught both Kylo Ren and uh, Spider-Man Andrew Garfield Spider-Man not Tobey Maguire and uh, not Harrison Ford Kylo Ren but uh, uh, Adam Driver Kylo Ren and not um, and Harrison Ford wasn't Kylo Ren no I know it was Kylo Ren's so- father yeah but so he's still not Kylo Ren at one Ren. point he was inside his balls that's how science works hmm. yeah like I could have said Carrie Fish but I'm not necessarily I mean freaking Anakin was supposed to be born from the force yeah Anakin I mean, was no Jesus one, no one everybody knows Anakin was Jesus no one oh, Carl, if, you watch, if you watch the films you, from the Tusken Raiders if you watch the films and you know that it was actually, um, it was actually Jar Jar. No, it was um, a Patoff Plagueis, and the Emperor sent the Force out into the galaxy, oh, really? and that's how Anakin, how Shmi conceived Anakin. Has that Anakin. been retconned yet? Hopefully. Yeah, so that's fucking pretty bad. Jesus Christ! Yeah, George Lucas is nuts. Literally, George literally Lucas. Jesus Christ. George Lucas is nuts, isn't he? He yeah. doesn't really know what he's doing. Anyway, so back to silence. So, so um, yeah, Liam Neeson plays a Christian who's sent out. He's sent to go and and, uh, and preach to the to the remaining villages that do still um, practice Christianity because the Buddhist people are taught. I'm sorry, the the Japanese people are taught Buddhism because it's a way of the government saying to them, everything that you believe in is what you are now. 
you are singular. There's not anything after this. You, everything you do, you're part of a, you're part of a larger organism. You're a single cell, and you're part of this organism and making sure everything happens, making sure it performs its function. Then Christianity comes along. They're told your life doesn't have to be as shit as it is now. You don't have to be that single thing. You can, you can be sad about your life. You can be persecuted, but as long as you pray and you and you show faith in religion, after this is done, you can go to a happier place. You can earn a good place. Yeah. You could do great things. You can. Well, there's be, no black you know, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's. Well, they're all according black. to Christians in America. What? You are very not Christian these days, are they? They don't really understand religion or history. Christian. How was Jesus that white? Yeah. He's always made out of marble as well. I feel just like that's pretty happened long. to be. Yeah, he had abs when he was a baby. He was the only white person in the whole of. Mm. Well, actually, no, that's not true. The twelve apostles. Do you think they were just albinos? I think they just wandered into the wrong part of town. Just Maybe. took over. Just wandering like... Mm, mm, Apple mm. pen. <laughs> so anyway, so... Um, so Andrew yeah, Garfield so, and yeah, Kyler no, no, are sorry, sent no, sorry, to go sorry. get him. Yeah, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson disappears. And they get a letter that simply says, I have apostatised, which is, I have forsaken the faith and, and, and given up my faith in the Lord. Good move. I'm, I'm doing this because it turns out that that's what, the, that's what the emperor wants them to do. He wants them to spit in the face of the Lord. Because he wants them to give up their faith and to live life. That's as okay. Japanese he's a fictional character people. anyway, so it's based on fact. No, the Lord is. Fictional. Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so um, Kylo Ren and Andrew Garfield hear about this. Sorry, Andrew Garfield, Spider Man, and Kylo Ren, Adam Driver. Hmm. From now on, I'm going to call him Drive, Drive, and Gaga. Um, so Drive, Drive, and Gaga go over to Japan, and they find a village. Um, they're led there by a a thief and and someone who who doesn't reveal themselves to be a practicing Christian. Mm-hmm. But they're led to a village where they are put into a hay a hay hut where the hay dries and then they can use it for fire and building things and so on. So, and they, there's a passage underneath. So they work in the hay hut during the day and then there's a passage underneath. So if they hear a knock that isn't the same as the knock the village have taught them, they are to hide underneath and not go out. They're there for quite a while. They grow beards, get a little bit longer hair, um, and there's a knock at the door which isn't the same as the village's knock. And it turns out it's two people from a neighbouring village that are begging for them to hear their confession. Um, and Andrew Garfield is the person who jumps up. He goes, I've got to help these people. I've got to help these people. And obviously that leads them into their little bit of trouble because one of those people goes and tells the emperor. And there's a lot of drama. It's an incredibly tense film. The reason it's called Silence is just because the idea of silencing the Christianity, silencing the faith, keeping silent when hiding, you know, just everything's, everything's to do with, with just hiding their faith. And there are moments that are incredibly powerful, like um, there's a particular way of torturing people in which they crucify them on a beach in in the uh, the tide being out. Mm. And then when the tide comes in, it washes over them. And just over over the course of a few days, it drowns them. Nice. And it's fucking intense. And it's not intense in the film because they show it they show it in a way where it's just it's hard to watch. You see one person pass and you see another person pass. And the last person, in defiance of the emperor, in defiance of all the people that are standing there watching him, because the emperor's men stay there and they watch every second and they force the village to stay there and stand there as well. So over time these people are sleeping there, they're they're watching every day as this man they've come to love, some people are related to, some people it's family. And in the last moments of his life, in the last few hours, he sings a hymn in Japanese to show full frontal defiance to the emperor and nice. it's this incredibly sad moment as you see this man perspire at the top of his lungs and at that point salt soaked horribly bitter broken lungs and it just fucking you can't imagine the t- the kind of torture that would be it's just he's there 
pelting out this hymn in defiance of the... And I'm not a religious person. I want to put this out because this was one of my major problems with Hacksaw Ridge. It was too religious and it, it didn't need to be. I understand that he was a Christian, but that wasn't the reason that he objected. That wasn't any... It, it's just a shit film. I didn't like it. I don't understand how it's been considered for Oscars. But anyway, Silence should definitely win the Oscar because it's fucking intense. It's so much better. Religion is at the forefront. It it's a, it's a Scorsese point. film. He's already got his Oscar. He needs more. They gave him one. But Shut him up for a here's while. Here's the thing. Martin Scorsese, once again, Wolf of Wall Street. At the time that Wolf of Wall Street came out, it was the most energetic film that came out that year. It was the film with the most passion. It was it was incredible. It was raw. It was like a nerve. And now you've got this other thing in which it makes me actually give a shit about these religious people. It makes me... Well, I'm not saying I don't give a shit about people, but it makes me give a shit about religious persecution in a way that... I didn't think it happened. I wasn't aware of it at the time. I wasn't aware of the torture and all the well, horrible You weren't around things. then. Exactly. It so it's not something centuries that's, ago. It's not something that's widely known. And mm. to make a film about it is incredibly brave, one, and also a, a daring move. As opposed to something where it's like Hacksaw Ridge where it's like, yeah, sure, I'm going to kill those bad guys. I'm not going to kill those bad guys. Don't worry about me. I'm going to heal some people. I'm just going to praise Jesus. And then you've got this where it's like these two Portuguese guys and they're just like, we've got to stay fucking silent, dude, because they will rip our fucking lungs out. They'll kill us. And there is, it's no spoiler that Kylo Ren doesn't meet a happy ending in this. And he doesn't meet a happy ending in the same way that we see Andrew Garfield be defiant to the village. The same way that he stands up and he says, I have to help these people knocking at our door. I can't, it's against our religion for me to let these people knock in desperation and pleading, begging cries just to be heard by someone who's closer to them than God in their minds, just to support our beliefs. I need that. And then you've got Kylo Ren who, in a physical act, in a physical act of defiance against the Emperor, he attempts to do something. And when it happens, it's out of the blue. You don't expect it to happen. And when you see him, he is broken. He is beaten. He can barely see what's happening. And he is still fighting like a feral animal with his teeth, with his hands against the Emperor. And then there's Andrew Garfield, who at the time is standing atop a cliff, watching all this happen, tears streaming down his eyes, saying, I want it to stop. How can I make it stop? But it's all internal monologue. It's all happening mm. in in his own mind speaking to Jesus and this is fantastic it's great I can't I can't praise this film enough I haven't seen anything in the last month and a half that proves 2017 is going to be a year that's worth fucking watching films in but now I've seen this I have hope because Hacksaw Ridge to be nominated for an Oscar beat me down I have to be honest I can't understand why people like it so much from cheap special effects bad script writing bad sets bad acting just bad directing. Yeah, but now Hollywood's Weird run choices. by you know Nazis. They're happy with Mel Gibson. But but then you know? you've got a film like Silence, and Silence is what cinema should be. Mm. It should be still trying to innovate. It's saying a very raw concept that I can imagine being a black and white film, making it in color, making it raw, making it emotional, using using people like tools to tell a story, and not telling a story about some fucking some not telling a story and then making someone into a joke. The best part of Hacksaw Ridge were the last five minutes in which in which the real guy comes along and he's telling his story and it's this southern gent who is through through a jaw that can barely unclench at that point. He's just like, I was just standing there on the cliff and I was just saying, one more, Lord. And that is genuine. That's how he sounds. He sounds broken. But then you you see this happening and it's Andrew Garfield just whispering under his breath. Just a little bit like, like he's gone for a jog for five minutes. He's just one more, Lord. Just... Just one more, please. And then you've got something like Silence, where for three hours on the edge of my seat. Does Liam Neeson find his daughter, though? <laughs> he gets another one. 
it's quite funny when you see it there's, there's, there's just some weird shit that if you're going to see it though I expect you're probably going to watch this mm. and it's worth watching so I don't want to ruin anything for you like the stuff that I've said is it's completely I've not given any details as to how it happens and when you see it you won't see it uh, me explaining it won't tell you what's happening it won't explain how it's happened or anything like that but this is a solid Tom Atkins I just I haven't seen any uh, in the last six months let's say I haven't seen anything quite like this well, last year was a bit shit for films yeah in general I mean stuff like The Monster was great but The Monster was nowhere near the scope and scale of this mm. and just some of the shots like Hacksaw Ridge Hacksaw Ridge looked like a shoebox that would just fucking have plasticine hills in it this when you see like there's a shot over the shoulder of Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver where 60% of the screen is taken up by them and the bush that they're peeking over and then the other 40% of the shot is used so brilliantly to see the entire scope of a beach travelling around to another cliff and there's plants and there's people and you can see the village and you can see the people lined up and you see a man marching down just can you imagine having the vision to film that and then having someone in the same category as you in the Oscars for filming a fucking shoebox as if it was something anything else but the shoebox but it still looks like a fucking shoebox cunts anyway so yeah I give it to Tom Atkins pretty, pretty fucking decent that's alright yours um I I I I I watched Turbo Kid finally oh it's a great film that fine just ruined the entire surprise <laughs> yeah um Turbo Kid's awesome we watched it the other night just on a whim with uh, when Paul's around and uh, it's essentially like it's like about finding hope and friendship in the apocalypse. Yes, it is. Um, and Michael Ironside, and it's full of like, it's basically just like a really silly, fun little thing about one lad who's been living on his own, yeah. and he he loves his comic books, and he finds himself a super super suit, yeah. and he tries to be a superhero, and not everything goes according to plan. But there's lots of brilliant little practical blood and gore effects, and. Yeah. It's like a throwback to 1980s um, Ozploitation films. It's actually a Canadian production, yeah. which is weird. Um, Did you fall in love with the robot lady? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I totally I, love her. She's lovely, yeah. She's got, um, what was her name? Apple. Yeah. Of course it is. I like in the tooling up scene. Well, she, she gets, gets the, the baseball bat and sticks an elf on the top. He does it. He makes it for oh, her yeah, and sticks yeah. it on her, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got uh, Michael Ironside in it. It's always nice yeah. to see. Everyone likes Michael Ironside. Yeah. Um, there's some really clever, like, nice little practical effects. They sort of, like... They obviously had a couple of digital effects they could use here and there. Like the they, they, you know, they had to make people blow up. They knew how to do that. They had a couple of simple things. The three directors who make it, they like they just all work together on a whole bunch of random little short films. Yeah. Um, apparently there's a little spin-off short film about Turbo Kid um, made a cut about a year, year, year later. Oh, really? Called No Tomorrow, which is about Apple. Oh. Apparently. I need to watch that at some point. Yeah. But um, there was Turbo Kid was based on a short film they did a while yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, it's got this whole like retro future vibe because it's supposed to be set in 1997. Um, and yeah, there's like it's kind of cool to see this nice little simple little fun thing where there's characters who just like are all dirty, grimy bastards and mm-hmm. everyone's scummy to each other. But then, but then he meets a robot who becomes his best friend. Yeah, he meets a robot that matches the personality yeah. of someone his age. Yeah, he's yeah. just like. Who, who was previously walking around with a dead body, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. My friend <laughs> um, died. Yeah. She's just like, sorry, I'm just going to go. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the um, like some of the practical effects in it when people are just getting like, sliced apart and their head, like top half of their head spinning around with blood yeah. gushing out of it and frigging um, just simple little like blood squib effects. Like they obviously had a pump with some, some frigging 
uh, corn syrup. Yeah, they had use. access to a few bits and pieces, didn't they? Um, yeah, filmed what, 90% of it in a quarry. Yeah, like. I was going to say, that's, that's probably the best thing about it, is that filmed in a quarry and a shed. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's and it doesn't seem like that's all it is. Mm. They, they have a great use of space. Because I like the... They've got one part of the quarry that's like the mounds of rocks, which they use as like their training area. Yeah. And they've got a flat land, which is the final showdown. Yeah. And then they've got the shed, which is the a little bar. part where they put some gas around and stuck some dinosaurs in it. Yeah. Like some old theme park area they must yeah. have accidentally stumbled into. Um, yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Like he's carrying around a view, master a nice little reference yeah. to 80s, <laughs> 80s things, 80s wonderment of yeah. how the world used to be. Well, um, there's a lot of romanticism about the 80s nowadays, mm. and I think it's nice that there's a film that doesn't use it to completely cheesy effect. Yeah. It's not like it's all... It's not a joke. The kitschy nature of it all is, is hopeful. Yeah. Which I liked when I first saw it. Yeah, it's just... Because I haven't seen it since I first watched it. I reviewed it ages ago, didn't I, on the podcast? Possibly. Yeah. But um, I really liked it. I, I I think probably my favourite thing about it is that it does have that um, enthusiasm. Mm. Like, you don't get a lot of indie films nowadays that have enthusiasm. They all seem like, oh, I need to tell this story about how I didn't get that cheese sandwich one time. And then, like, they've got it to, like, it's all like indie drama music going, Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. But this is like, this is. <laughs> I associate it with all indie movies because the guys from Continue Show did that God's, um, God of War movie. Did and they oh, used yeah, that song yeah, yeah. in the trailer. They did that trailer for God didn't of War. They just movie. do a trailer. Yeah, God yeah. of War indie movie, which oh. is amazing. Like, I watched that, loved it, and I was watching Continue Show at the time. For some reason, I never twigged it was the same guys. <laughs> Even though Josh is quite yeah, clearly he's, he's Josh. quite clearly Kratos. Yeah. But, um, yeah Did I he just... hurt you? Yes. He told me he loved me. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But that's the problem. Like, a lot of indie stuff nowadays is just lacking that, lacking that fun. Lacking that... Vibe. I think like, what it was is years ago, Garden State came along. Everyone loved Garden State, even though it's an all right film. It's not a brilliant film, but it's all right. I liked Garden But it had State. a really slacker tone. They had this, like... Faux slacker tone. It wasn't yeah. really the ninety slacker feel. It was like this sort of like. Well, it was Garden State was two thousand six. Yeah, Five Hundred Days of Summer was two thousand nine. I think the best indie films I've seen in recent years was stuff like um, Hesher, which freaking good. Yeah, which it's a good is film. Fucking great film. Hesher's a weird film though because you don't. Mm. Hesher is more like he's treated more like a myth than a mm. human. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Yeah, it doesn't have a backstory. It doesn't have any reason to be the way. He mo- is. Like for the first half of the film, every time he first appears on the screen, you get that dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Like just one little part of a Metallica riff. <laughs> um, that's a great film, that. 50-50 was an indie, technically. Yeah, that's a decent film, that. That's a comedy. A great film, 50-50. Yeah. But yeah, there's lots of nice little indie films out there, but they're pretty hard to find nowadays. Yeah. There's a lot of... Um, I think indie films have fallen into that trap where they all have to do their... like Existential crisis. They all have to tell a story about how their life is so difficult, how life is so strange. It's all about 20-somethings living in New York, having yeah. relationship issues. Oh, do you remember Brick? Brick's great, yeah. Brick's Rian a Johnson, man. Film. Yeah. Director of Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blimey. And also Looper. Yeah, Looper's yeah. awesome. Looper is a great film. You know, yeah. the only other person I can think of that that made an indie film with quite the same impression: Brick and Moon, the two of the films in the last oh, yeah. ten years. They're probably two of the Moon's best. awesome. Yeah, Moon's excellent. I like, I like Super Stacey. James Gunn Super, but everyone knows I like Super. I've got a copy of the script. <laughs> I like Super. I have I have more issues in Super than I, with Super than I did Sliver. I think I prefer Sliver to Super. Freak. But my problem is that Sliver is a lot like No the Creeps and the other films that I loved when I was a kid. Mm. Whereas Super is a superhero film for people that are bored of superhero films. Yeah. I mean Super is what Kick Ass should have been. Yeah. Essentially. 
And whilst Kick-Ass... Yeah, the Kick-Ass good, film like, didn't have the same tone as the comics no. and stuff. Whilst Kick-Ass, it was a fine film, and it was it was as close to a filmable script as you could get from the comic. Hmm. It's just like Wanted. Wanted that to completely change Wanted, because Wanted has the Because they were embarrassed to be a comic book thing. Well, Wanted has the antagonist raping women and being hmm. a supervillain. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of Wanted, was it was supervillain. The setup for Wanted, the comics, is amazing. What, that he's like... Uh, Superheroes have been defeated, villains yeah, rule villains the world. Over. Yeah. yeah. And that's why that's why he's like going around, like he's raping like superheroes, supermodels and shit like that. And it's just like, okay, I get what you're trying to say here, fine, whatever, but fuck, man. It's a great concept, but Miss Mark Miller. Yeah. Um, but that's it, that's the problem. Yeah, no, Turbo Kid's, uh, Turbo Kid's just brilliant. It feels like, because you know you get those like YouTube videos where it's like, we're making a kitsch 90s, it's going to be like a 1980s thing. Yeah. Here's our retro thing, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a proper thing. They didn't do all that bullshit where they put a fake VHS filter over it. There's none of this Kung Fury bollocks going on. I liked Kung Fury. It's not very good. Well, the thing about Kung Fury was that it was more like a tech concept. Like, these guys had little money. They wanted to do a Kickstarter. They wanted to make something quickly. Mm. And it was funny. Like, there are still there are still funny bits like Hacker Man and, like, riding on the, the Amiga to, like, go back in time and shit like that. It's just stupid stuff that... That that was that was to me similar to that could be a companion piece too, to um, Turbo Kid. Yeah, yeah. If like yeah, if I was gonna do if I was gonna do like an eighties Kung Fury is like the idea of the eighties and it's the the modern the, sort of comedy idea of the eighties, but Turbo Kid isn't quite that. No. Turbo Kid has a heart and a soul, and it that's has what I a friggin' that's, that's that's the difference. It doesn't lean on but it. It's not a twenty minute short. No, it's a real film. Yeah. Whereas Kung Fury was a 20-minute joke. Yeah, but if they did Kung Fury as a full film, you know it'd be exactly the same for two hours. Or oh, yeah, and it'd be crap. Yeah. But because it's 20 minutes and you've got like things like four coming in and shit like that. Just, they throw <laughs> everything at the board as much as they can. Mm. Whereas Turbo Kid, they know how to use their toys and their tools. Yeah. Whereas Kung Fury, they were like, we've got all these toys. Just fucking God, just Let's just do it. For fun. I love that everyone's riding around in bicycles in that film. Even like the yeah. cool Western-looking Yeah, they've got bikes. You're just the only guy in the film who swears all the time. <laughs> I'm but, trying to think of anything that matches the sort of the tone of it. I can't think of anything that's come out recently that matches that sort of tone, that sort of hopeful, happy, fun vibe. No, nah, it's good. There's um, film did a similar thing. What was it called? Car for Life. I'm sure it's got Sam Rockwell in it. Where it's set on a space station. Oh yeah, in space station seventy six. But it's got that sort of like it yeah, does a retro vibe six or whatever. Yeah, it was mm. crap. It was meandering. That was a problem. That was that was similar to this. And they had like a bunch of interesting characters. Mm. But it was like it. It was about space. It was in space. You had a drunk captain played by Patrick Wilson, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and he essentially slept with everyone. And then um, who was it? Matthew Boomer. Yeah, Matthew Boomer was in it, and he had lost his hand. So he was sad about losing his hand. But he had a robot hand. And then like it was just it was boiling stuff down to melodramatic undertones. And people weren't like we're not space station. It's pretty amazing. Like having adventures. They were still just like I've lost my hand. I think I'm impotent. No. Oh. That was really sad. Really but it had like that 70s look to it, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. The trailers made it look really happy and cool and fun. Yeah. Made it look a bit like Red Dwarf if Red Dwarf was toned down a lot. You don't want to tone down Red Dwarf. No, that's kind of the point of Red you Dwarf. You want to make it as cheap as possible. Exactly. It's great. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, your review of Turbo Kid. It's good. Yeah? Really good. Watch it. It's on Netflix. You watch it on Netflix. Nut- oh, uh, Netflix. Netflix, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, what are you going to review next, you penis? Uh, my next review is going to be for Underworld Blood Wars. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, Underworld Blood Wars, for anyone who doesn't know, is the sex movie in the Underworld... It's the latest um, movie where Kate Beckinsale and her husband... Septimini? What's that? What's sex? What is it? Sex... Sextuple. Sextuple, there we go. Sextuplet film... 
<laughs> in the underworld sextuply. Because <laughs> you've got underworld. It's never ending, is it? You've got underworld one. You've got underworld two, which is underworld evolution. You've got underworld three, which is underworld rise of the lichens. You've got underworld four, which is underworld. Underworld. No, no, it's underworld <laughs> something. What is it? Shit. Uh, resurrection. Is it resurrection? Probably. One sec. Let's One of them's quickly, bound to be. Let's get let's get the underworld because I need. You've to had rise of. of. You got to have a resurrection. Yeah, you've got rise of the lichens, which is the one that's set in the lichens. Past yeah, you got. Uh, <laughs> you searching Wikipedia underworld? For series. a second, I forgot underworld. <laughs> underworld awakening. No, all right. Okay. Um and electric boogaloo. Yeah, I wish that'd be great. Two under four world. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, all right. So we've got Underworld, Underworld Evolution, Underworld Rise of the Lichens, Underworld Awakening, and then Underworld Blood Wars. So oh, Underworld is that the latest Awakening. one? Yeah, that's the latest one, Blood Wars. One Underworld of them's like a spin-off. It doesn't really count, does it? Underworld Three, yeah. Rise of the Lichens has Michael Sheen as the leader of the werewolves, falling in love with uh, Rada Isn't he the leader of the vampires? No, he's the leader of the werewolves. He's the leader of the vampires in Twilight. In Twilight, in the first Underworld, he's the leader of the werewolves. He's struggling with well, What if Twilight's like an alternate reality version? Look, Michael of Sheen is a lovely, lovely man. He's going to do absolutely fine. You know, he's quit acting. He's retired from acting to go and help full-time charity work. He's fucking incredible. I love him. He's actually my Welsh Jesus. And he's got curly hair and a beard, so, you know, I'm into it. Um, so anyway, brief history of Underworld. Can it be brief? I don't know. It's a film about Kate Beckinsale's butt. So Kate Beckinsale is it's Wearing directed by it's spandex. produced it's produced by her husband. Kate Beckinsale plays a, ba- a vampire called Celine, who uh, who in the original film found out that the vampires were betraying them, uh, betraying other families of vampires to work with the Lycans, who were eventually betrayed by the Lycans, because it turned out that there was a romance. Very, very early on, we're going to get back to that, though. Going to get back to the romance between Michael Sheen and a vampire, and this was destroyed by. <coughs> Bill Nighy, Nighy, Bill of course Nighy, it was. Bill Nighy, who uh, who murdered murdered his own daughter because of her defiance against the vampires. Cut to Underworld. Oh, she kills Bill Nighy at the end, and she falls in love with a guy. Turns out he's a half breed, so he's a vampire and werewolf. He's super powerful. Underworld Evolution. We join. Walker. We join. We join Michael and Celine. Who Michael is the one she's in love with? Michael Corvus. So Michael and Celine. Now Michael well, has don't need the whole history of the series. What's so. One of the ancient vampire lords awakens due to some of Michael's blood landing on one of the insignias. He comes up and decides to challenge Selene and Michael. They team up to fight back against the vampire scourge and hopefully win the day and get some peace once and for all. They do defeat the vampire in the end. Does um, he get and a piece? Also, also, Michael has to bite Selene, giving her some of his blood and some of his powers. That comes into it more later. Oh, she also well, gets he's got an the, open mouth sore. She also gets some of the ancient vampire's blood from the first one and the second one in her, which gives her, again, gives her additional powers. She bites them. Gives her additional powers. But anyway, so on to Underworld 3, Rise of the Lycan. It's the history between the War of the Lycans and the Vampires. Turns out the Lycans were used as slaves because of their strength and the va- and because they could work during the day. Michael Sheen falls in love with Rada Mitchell, who is Bill Nye's daughter. And this is where we get a little bit of their backstory. So we go back and it turns out that Bill Nye killed the woman. That's why Michael Sheen's pissed off and he's trying to fight the vampires. He is the ruler of the we- werewolves. Obviously, you might not make it to this one. I'm not going to spoil it because Michael Sheen's really the only reason to watch these other than Bill Nye and Kate Beckinsale's arse makes a reappearance. So, okay. So, and then, and we find out the history of the Vampire War. Underworld 4 open up on uh, on Kate Beckinsale has been put into cryogenic sleep. 
She's had a daughter in the time between uh, the third movie and the second movie. So she had, sorry, the second movie and the fourth movie. So she had a child. She doesn't know she's had a child. She turns out she was pregnant by Michael. The child's a half breed. Side of her has been taken out by surgery. They've kept her sedate. They've kept her in this thing to make sure she doesn't wake up. She wakes up and within about five minutes. She's defrosted. She's having to run around slashing people's necks. She eventually has to take on a werewolf who the whole time has been so trying they put to put in a microwave. Yeah, maybe. Um, meanwhile, while she's been asleep, turns out vampires and werewolves have been made made uh, made. Uh, public so everybody knows about them now and she has to go and fight the head werewolf who is now Stephen Ray who's been injecting himself with serum to make Stevie himself Ray. Stephen Ray injects himself you know the guy from Strange Fruit the wrestler that Booker T used to tag with no, Stevie, Stevie Ray. Ray the English actor the one with curly hair short curly hair he was in, uh, he was in that thing where uh, he was run over by Mina Savare fair enough by Brian Yusner no. Anyway, so uh, he's been injecting himself with a super serum he's, he's made from the blood of uh, Kate Beckinsale's daughter, and it's made him a super werewolf, and she takes him on. Cut to Underworld Blood Wars. Underworld oh, finally. Blood- yeah, yeah, finally, 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 we're getting to Underworld Blood Wars. So Underworld Blood Wars, we cut to Selena. She is searching for her daughter. She's no longer with Michael. Michael's dead. Good. As far as we know, dead. Scott Speedman is still in the movies, technically. Oh, they Scott take, Speedman. Yeah, they take his face and they digitally put it on another actor. So every so often you see a really janky Tron style effect, but it's Did not he die? very good. Yeah, in the books. In the film, sorry. Not in real life. Why did they digitally put his face... Because he refused to be in any more films. <laughs> so I had to pay for his likeness to have him in the movie. But they pulled a friggin' yeah. Crispin Glover in yeah. Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Jesus. So anyway, so that's besides what... He's not in it very often. He's just in, like, CCTV shots because they can't afford to make the effect look any good. So anyway, so um, Selena is now... She's going to go and team up with another group of vampires... Turns out one of the vampires is falling in love with a werewolf. This keeps happening. I don't know why they don't just make up and fuck each other. But anyway, one of the vampires is falling in love with a werewolf. She betrays her clan. They come in. They kill every one of the vampires that's training up to be a death dealer, which is what uh, Selena was in the original movie. She's like a hitman for werewolves. And uh, and so on and so forth. Much, much betrayal. And then she takes on a giant werewolf at the end who's got superpowers because he's been injecting himself with Michael's blood. Head vampire lady gets away, so it's possibly going to be a sixth movie. Oh, God. But God fucking forbid, because this was shit. Now, I'm going to get to the point that this film is too dark. You can't see shit that's happening. I'm not a vampire. I don't have super fucking sight. I can't see the movie. You have to fucking... If you're in the cinema, you have to ask them to crank the brightness up six times over just so you can see what the fuck is happening. Another point, Kate Beckinsale is still very attractive. Well, we know that. I mean, that's a lot in debate. Also, Theo James is in this. Do you remember Theo James? He's the no. he's the divergent guy. One second, let me get a picture of him. Divergent? Oh, that's yeah. that one that didn't work. David. He plays David. He's her love interest now, kind of. What's his name? Is he the one who punches that guy in the... Theo James, that's In the name. corridor, that good bit in Divergent, or whatever it was. Yeah, he's, he's the love interest. Up. He's the love interest. So he's the 35-year-old love interest that uh. fucks... That fucks... Uh, Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. That guy. Oh, he looks ill. Yeah, he plays a vampire. Well, that's because he's got the blue eyes. All vampires oh. have blue eyes. Racist. Anyway, so... Oh, so this is a Nazi thing. It's a Nazi thing. So anyway, oh. so um, Selena finds out there's another breed of vampires called Nordic vampires. And if she takes some of their blood, she gets the Nordic vampire power, which seems to be to move just really fast. But she can already move really fast. So I don't really know what the point was. Faster. I don't know. Anyway, so she defeats the main vampire and then... Uh, sorry, werewolf... He's like a hybrid now because he's been injecting himself. Spoilers! Scott Speedman's dead. She, her boyfriend slash lover slash father of her daughter, he was hung upside down and bled out and this guy's just been like chugging back his blood, injecting himself with it, just doing all kinds of crazy shit. 
So anyway, it's not a very good movie. It's like an Adam Sandler, but it's not quite an Adam Sandler. I'm going to give it a Rob Schneider because there is an Adam Sandler coming up and it is not competently shot, directed or acted in. It is bad. The reckoning is coming. Is it as but, bad as Goujon John's Chicken Goujons? Yeah. But this film, this mm. film, if you've watched all the others, if you enjoyed all the others, it's stupid enough and shit enough that you probably enjoy it as well. It's not great. It's not very good. It's not really a good movie or competently made. None of them are. But it's more competently made than what I'm going to talk about later. They're all freaking poor man's blade. Well, yeah. And you know what? Blade, the first no. Blade film was the poor man's blade. Actually, actually, no, the poor man's blade is Blade the series. Mm. <laughs> this is, this is, this is the poor man Blade the series. <laughs> not the anime, because that was actually all right. I'm the one with DMX, wasn't it? Was it DMX? Who's no, great? your thing is Sticky Fingers. Was in the in the original live action TV. Was it not, Sticky Fingers? I thought it was not, DMX. No, yeah. Sticky Fingers was the was the blade in the TV series. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was DMX. No, you just think it because it's a bald black guy. He goes woof woof woof. Anyway, so yeah, so Sticky underworld fingers. underworld blood wars. There's Didn't not really about that, cleaning them. There's not much. There's not much blood in it. So that title already it's got a vampire no. in it. There's a scene in which a guy gets a ring that his mum left him and she put a single drop of her blood in it and he puts a ring on it and he can see every one of her memories. <laughs> That's apparently something vampires do. Can you imagine how inconvenient that would be if one of you drink You see someone? all her memories and you just see a time when she's like sucking off five dudes in an alley <laughs> and now you can't stop thinking about it and it's just... <laughs> now it's in you. Ah. Now it's in you. Every time you get a touch of your dick, you imagine a syphilitic hand yeah. in the fucking Victorian times before she became a vampire, just knobbly and horrible, and her nose dropping off, and she's tugging at some guy's dick, and he's saying, You got syphilis. She's like, No, I'm not Tugging a werewolf and vampire dick yeah. at the same time. <laughs> she loves it. Gets a load of it on her. Yeah. And that's how he was born. That's how he was made into a vampire. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so Underworld Blood was crap. It's crap, 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 crap. But it's Rob Schneider crap. So it's it's. If I was drunk enough and I had the right people, we could rip the shit out of this for hours. And that'd be fun. For and hours? You, what, yeah. longer than the film? Yeah, absolutely. Have you not ever had one of those nights where you go see a shit film and then afterwards in the pub you're making jokes about it still? No, I tend to, if I've seen a shit film in the cinema, I tend to just want to forget it happened. Oh, all right. Well, it's less fun. But anyway, oh, shit, yeah. I saw Police Academy 7 in the cinema, man. Miami? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Mission to Misco, Moscow. Uh, Mission to Moscow, yeah. Yeah. Um, that handsome David's on my phone still. You get rid of that. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, not very good. But you know, there's worse still. Well, it's always worse. No. <laughs> Give it a rush now. Your turn. Your review. Um, I'm going to review um, the first episode of Legion. So I watched the other night. It's an hour and a half long episode. It's the new X Men spin off in quotation marks. Hour and seven minutes without, without adverts. Yeah, whatever. A feature length for TV. <sighs> Um, that was really impressive I thought it was really weird and freaking I'll give it credit because I was expecting something that was going to be a bit like maybe like a slightly swear like a slightly more adult version of Arrow or Flash or something something that's like just going to be you know using the X-Men name and they're going to have a baddie of the week type situation going on but this wasn't it was like Twin Peaks set in a weird 70s world with some very Kubrickian style shots and some Create like lots of use of symmetrical shots, like in corridor shots and all that weird stuff. Um, I was, I was properly impressed with it because I don't know, you know, I don't care about the comic version or whatever Legion is in the comics. Eh, whatever. Like they do their own thing. Let them do it. Let them do their oh. own thing. Oh, um, but because we're not because we're not streaming this, like, people can't see me pouting sadly. It's that's like, okay. Whatever. He's rubbish. He's um, not rubbish in the comics. He's amazing. I got a feeling they're not going to be able to keep up this weirdness for the whole series. I got a feeling oh, it's no, going to run out of money. It'll soon. it'll level out into a more They've already used like five sets. 
Five quite expensive sets. Yeah, that that's friggin' psychiatry ward set is beautiful. That was yeah, like imagine the weird cliff, octagonal seventies friggin' cliffside stuff. fucking staircase. Oh, the cliffside battle thing that was weird because that was like the only part where I thought like it sort of went a bit wobbly because there's a lot of very very digital effects in there. But at the same time, they definitely threw all their money in the right places in this show. They yeah. made it look amazing. They friggin' the cast, like all people I don't really know, but they're all really nice. In Dan Stevens, really have you not seen the guest? And, um, I don't know. The only person I recognised from it was Aubrey Plaza. Dan Stevens was in the guest. Was he? Yeah, see the you've, guest. Got the, um, you've got the psychiatrist, the guy's questioning him. Yeah, who's... Um, loads of stuff. Yeah, he's blatantly the Matthew Modine of that episode. Yeah, but he's, in, he's, he's in literally loads yeah. of stuff. He's not in this anymore, you're burnt alive. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they go with this show, because I wonder if they're going to not necessarily rely on having characters from X-Men that you might know. I think they're going to oh, make the, up a lot of their own characters. He had the wife from um, The League. Yeah. But it's um, like, just... It's weird because it says it's it's not really set in the seventies. Like you don't really it's set in its own weird yeah never weird time. time. Yeah. But for once, when they're doing one of these never time things, it's like it's not the nineteen forties, which is where they always go to. Yeah, in these it's, shows. it looks very fifties, and yeah. then it's seventies in terms of music. And yeah, then it's, but there's a bit where you see him as a teenager. It's blatantly meant to be Seattle nineties, and he's dressed in the grunge. Yeah, and plaid he's and got thing. a tablet at one point. He's got yeah. that weird tablet computer thing. It's like um, you know like how like Gotham doesn't have a time frame. Yeah, because they want to get away from Batman. Yeah, they all phones are flip phones in Gotham there's yeah. like but there's 1940s fashions and sets and stuff but yeah. the cars are like 1990s cars yeah. but this is all like doing 70s and 80s and it is like being a kid who grew up in the early 80s the, the shades of brown and orange are exactly right very very 80s accurate mm. um, stuff like that jacket he wears with the yellow collar yeah. and the brown that is like spot on same colours as Wolverine's um, beige and yeah Beige and yellow costume. It was the same yeah. colour as same colour as the original X Men outfits. Yeah, it? well, the original ones were blue and yellow, weren't they? No, no, way back in the day. No, so. the original X Men costumes were blue and yellow, blue sleeves with yellow stripe down the middle. In the seventies, everyone everyone was having beige and orange. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So maybe what I'm remembering. But um, um, beautifully shot and like some really, there's like some little moments of horror chucked in there here and there. Yeah. Where that little creepy yellow-eyed man who's blatantly like the evil part of his psyche that will come out at some point because he's going to be like an antagonist, protagonist type mix of character. Yeah. I imagine they're going to be ending up dealing with a a physical manifestation of one of his like split personalities that he's blatantly got. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be physically manifesting them because, I mean, the backstory to Legion in Marvel Comics is slightly different in that he is like a psychic... He's almost like a psychic deity at this point. Mm. He's like a physical, like well, he's not a physical being. He's he's a metaphysical deity. He can yeah, travel from origins. body to body. Yeah, this is his origins, but it's slightly different because he never made it to this age in the comics. He was killed mm. by Charles Xavier in one, and in another he just, Charles Xavier. Yeah, fucking in another he just fun. he just fell apart. Couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't sustain his body. Mm. And his body fell apart, so he couldn't walk or talk anymore, and he was just basically just trapped in this paraplegic nightmare. Um, and, well, and Xavier, I mean, he <laughs> gets to walk again eventually. Yeah, like, he just uses his powers to move his legs. Xavier's really unlucky when it comes to keeping yeah. his legs working, isn't he? In the films, anyway. Uh, but yeah, in the so comics. There's like Dan Stevens plays Legion. He plays it well. Um, he's gone for stereotypical crazy, which is fine. That's what we want. He's fine. He's not sure he's crazy. He might be crazy. He doesn't know if he's crazy or not. He, well, he's been told he's crazy, so maybe he should just act crazy. Yeah. In the backstory of the comics, the reason that he has a split personality is... I told you this before, but... He's trying to compartmentalise his yeah, it's powers. To, to levy the weight. Yeah. So it's like... so Which is like split. Yeah. If he's on his own... <laughs> well, yeah, it's... No, split's different. Split 
Split makes I think it, they took. I think they some influence in Split for that they took from. Yeah, this Split. Character. Split. It's a bit more magic. Yeah. Than in his mutant powers, but anyway, so yeah, because Split, he's he's always had the Split personality in Split, and what happens is towards the end, some of the personalities splinter off, and they decide to make another personality, and then another personality, and the first personality they make is a child, and they make it a child, so the child is born from two personalities intertwining and making this being that breaks all the laws and conventions that can do whatever the fuck it wants. And it's essentially creating a god within those other personalities. And then they use that personality to create a demon and the demon takes over. And the demon is a combination of all those things. So it's un- well, that's all silly power. nonsense. Yeah, it's all silly nonsense. But in Legion, in Legion, once his powers manifest uh, around his teens, um, that's when he, he gains the multiple personalities. And it is, it is as I said, it's like levy in the weight. It's like if you can't carry something by yourself... Mm. and you've got a few mates and they help you carry it, you can lift it. Mm. With this, it takes 20, 30, 40, hundreds, and that's why it's called Legion. Yeah. Because we are Legion. We are many. Like the like guy from the episode of Red Dwarf. Yeah, like <laughs> Satan. No, like Legion Satan. in Red Dwarf. There's a robot called yeah. Legion. But it's, it's also it's based, <laughs> based obviously around Satan and hell yeah. and stuff. Um, and the comics are really interesting because he is a direct protagonist to um, the X-Men, but obviously they don't have the X-Men in this. So I reckon eventually they'll probably make mentions and stuff like that. Well, they've but it got won't their be... own mutant team. Yeah, they've got their own mutant team of powers. I like the fact that she. I thought at first that she couldn't be touched because she had something gone in her past. I like mm. the way they make it. She actually had a power. Yeah, they kept hidden the power stuff for quite a while yeah. in it. They sort of kept you guessing whether or not. I mean, you'd know like if you were just to switch this on, not knowing it's an X Men thing. Yeah, you'd probably be like, "Oh, this is someone who's just crazy." They did a good job of hiding that without without making the reveals seem too silly. Yeah. Um, like, but I'm, I'm properly impressed with the way it was shot, and that, when the, the bit where he's running around the town and he's trying to escape from people following, him, reminded me of um, that Matt Damon film based on the Philip K. Dick. Oh, the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, which could have been good, but I actually didn't mind the Adjustment Bureau. It was stupid enough that it was enjoyable. Yeah, it worked, and it was only an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, which and he is went a to blessing. stop bloody going. And Anthony Mackie was in it, and he's always a delight. I yeah. Like Anthony Mackie. Yeah, and uh, Tony Stark's dad. Tony Stark was in there, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, something Richard St- Robert Stratton or whatever. No. I can't remember. <laughs> but no, I'm just I'm up, I'm up for watching more of this Legion. I think. I'm oh yeah, interested. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the first <laughs> yeah. season. I don't think I'm going to go past that. If it can maintain a different tone to all the other comic book stuff on, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be annoyed if the Yellow Eyes Demon um, comes into it more and he becomes a physical manifestation mm. because. I don't like the idea of them making it so that he can defeat those personalities. Mm. They're all there for a reason. Yeah, in the comics, in the comics, he's flower evil, so obviously he doesn't need to worry about that shit. He just wants to fucking destroy, and, and he takes over people's bodies and mm. breaks their bones so they fit his like his face and stuff. Like he does, he does loads of evil shit. Like he'll he'll transfer his psyche over to another human being, and he can do that. And then when he does that, so that, that person, let's say, be it man, woman, or child or whatever he'll he'll use his psychic powers to mold their fucking face and bend them and stretch them and expand them and fucking do all sexy just horrible shit like there's i think there was a comic in the 90s or the 80s when they got really gritty and it's someone who became another personality Mm. so basically he took over their body and their personality was absorbed by legion and they said they they can explain like they explain it so that any of the pain that he experiences from doing something like transferring his consciousness and and uh, shifting and breaking someone's ribs and expanding, things like that. They explain it in detail, 
And they say that the only way that he can do that and function without showing pain is he transfers that pain to the living consciousness inside the body at the time of him taking over. Yeah. So it's almost like this fucking monstrous transformation. It's almost like a body horror thing. Like the fly. Imagine yeah. if it was the fly, but you didn't know there was an experiment going. I think they're going to try and keep him as a protagonist. Like, if it, they're going to do this, well, he's, well, he's going to be the main character of the show. Yeah. So I he's going to be gonna, the. I don't think they're going to make him evil. I think they're no. going to try and make him into a good guy for this. Yeah, that's protagonist. Oh, yeah, so it is. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, but I think they're going to. That's why I think the personality thing comes into it, and like you know, like so you think that they might. Yeah, that's what I mean. Takes over something else, or I reckon they might try and make it so the yellow eyes, yellow eyes demon can die, Hmm. and then they'll be like, oh, he's just a good guy now, and these guys suck. He's like the little stuff like where he's at the end, where he stood on the beach chatting, and you can see the yellow eyes guy in the background in the bushes and stuff staring at him. Because you're going to come with us, and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I like. I don't like the fact that it seems like they're turning into a summer glow and serenity situation. <laughs> well, she had to have superpowers eventually for some reason. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with this first episode. I think it's one of the most impressive looking things I've seen on TV. I've seen Dan time. Stevens in more stuff and Aubrey yeah. Plaza. Yeah, and the woman that was in it, the one who played the the skittish girl who can't be touched. She yeah. was really good. Rachel or something. Yeah, can't remember her name. But, but um, she was really good in it. It's a beautiful looking thing. Like very nice, show. yeah. Very pastiche. Yeah. yeah um, very kitschy. I did look up who directed it and I've forgotten already, but he, he, um, Dan Healy, was it? I can't remember. You review a thing. I'm going to check that. Okay. All right. <laughs> My next thing is going to be uh, Catherine, the game for the Xbox 360. Oh, only like 10 years later. So. It's only just been made backwards <laughs> compatible on the Xbox One and they've made it. So it's gone down in price. It was like £2.21. It's a great game. £2.50. Um uh, it's weird. Reminds me a lot of Devil Dice. Have you never played it before? No. No. Um. How far have you got in it? I'm up to. Well, I haven't defeated the first tower yet. Oh, you need to play a lot more. Yeah, there's a, it's, <laughs> it's a long game. Oh, no. It gets a lot weirder. I know, but um, so far I'm liking it. I like what the difficulty are you putting on? Hard. Yeah, drop it down. No, you are not going to get through hard. I'm going to be fine. So you know, I've got. <laughs> so far, so far, I've found it interesting. It's got a nice horror element to the plot. Um, there's it's Noah Hawley. Oh, okay. He directed uh, two episodes of Fargo. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's got it's got a really nice, really nice look to it. It's really interesting. It's a puzzle game, which it doesn't give away in the cover. Or yeah, the core like. of the game is puzzle block moving tower yeah. things. So it's just it's just it's climbing up a tower using blocks that you can push, pull, and shift left and right. You get additional power ups, um, and every so often there's a sheep enemy that will stop you doing what you're doing. Um, spoilers the sheep are people you find that out fairly early on though mm. there are other people who are also cursed now in the story there's a curse going on. is it Japan New York where is it it's Japan is it Japan it's set in the same world as Persona okay so there's a curse going around and all these men that are unfaithful or lie to their partners are cursed to go to this dream world it's their penance it's their penance mm. and this guy accidentally sleeps well, we say accidentally this guy's shit faced at a pub one night and a very attractive girl comes on to him, and he doesn't remember anything... Catherine with a C. Yeah. He doesn't remember anything that happened that evening, but he woke up the next day with her. Hmm. So he assumes that he was unfaithful, he hasn't told his girlfriend, he hasn't spoke to her about this, and so he is living through this penance. So every night he is doomed to wake up at the foot of this tower, and he has to climb up. He's got these big ram horns coming out of his head, and he's got a pillow. Extra yeah. pillows that you find are, are like retries. And you can get, as I said, there are power-ups and stuff. Yeah, that's like that. you're going to want to drop the difficulty down. No, it's fine. So... You really are. 
in regards to this game... <laughs> I cannot is, stress how hard this game gets. <laughs> it is a puzzle game. It is multiple levels of puzzle, and then each one has a different... But they don't change. They're not randomly generated. There is always, there is always a plan. There yeah. is always a way of doing it. And there are multiple ways of doing it. I've found myself several times approaching a puzzle from one way and then deciding, oh, fuck this, and then just doing it a completely different way on the retry. Yeah, you don't want to waste those retries. I've got a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, you will for the first two towers. So anyway. By the time the demon babies are chasing you. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's a really good game. It's really cheap on Xbox right now. To pick up a disc copy was like 25 quid. Yeah, it's a um, quid. It's collector's item, that game. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, but you can pick it up on Xbox Live right now. It's £2.20, £2.61. It's worth it, whatever you can get it for. I think even if it was a tenner, I'd say get it. Because this doesn't seem like now, this may seem harsh now, but now it doesn't seem like a full price game. It seems more like what you'd expect to get on an Xbox Live or a PSN game now. Because they've gone up in scope quite You a bit. haven't played through it. It's a very big game. Is it? Yeah, it takes a long time to get through. But anyway, so it's in in terms of in terms of mechanics though, in terms of what you can expect, this feels very much like your long RPGs that you can get on PSN or um, or Xbox. It feels more like an RPG than a puzzle game. It's a mixture of visual novel and puzzle game. Well, there's RPG elements as well. Yeah. There's experience and stuff you can gain. Yeah. There's like techniques and yeah. there's things like there's a meter, there's a good bad meter, and you pick your options to show what side you're on and where you want to go with it, and that makes choices for you in the story. There's yeah. a text message aesthetic, not aesthetic, uh, mechanic. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. There's quite a bit going on. It sounds more complicated than it is. Once you get into it, you can see these things unfold and they introduce things nicely. They actually do it in a very clever way in which you experience it briefly and then as you experience it and you deal with it, then after you've dealt with it, it comes up and it says, wow, that thing that you just met was a sheep. That sheep happens to be another person on the tower. Watch out for these people on the tower because they will go through you just as quickly as you'll go through them and so on and so forth. And it's nice. It's a nice idea not coddling you. Not holding your hand too much, but giving you the tools to deal with things more efficiently in the future. But I give it a... I would give it a solid... Oh, I'm trying to think. I give it a Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty nice looking. Come back to me when you've... Uh, it's done some great stuff. When you've got to the point where you're very angry at the game. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Anyway, and your turn. Holy shit, that game gets difficult. <laughs> ah, there you go. I just pulled something out of my hand. Look like a splinter. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh shit! What was next? I find my excitement for Guardians of the Galaxy Two doesn't lower in any way. It doesn't doesn't go down. Because it's Guardians of the Galaxy Two, man. But I get the feeling it's going to be bad. No, it won't. It's a James Gunn film. He hasn't made a bad film yet. He's literally. Well, don't, we don't count the bit in movie forty three. That was. Probably some sort of contract obligation to get away from Sony. Um, Shit, I'm going to review. Okay. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Okay, on the the PlayStation. Yeah, I bought it the other day. um, Oh, nice. Because I heard Chipsel had done some music for the game, but apparently it's only in the Xbox One version. (laughs) But it made me go, oh shit, yeah, that game had awesome music. So I downloaded it. Crypt of the Necrodancer is a rhythm based roguelike game. Yes, it's really clever. Hmm. Um, you have to sort of basically work your way through randomly generated dungeons, moving in time to the music to strike foes. And they all have their clever little patterns that they f- move around in. You, go, you know, you get, get slimes bouncing up and down, and you've got to try and make sure you land in the right spot and stab them at the right time, and watch out for when the skeletons raise their hands in the air, because that's when they don't just don't care, and they're going to attack you. All sorts of crazy stuff like that. Um, 
And every time you go through it, you get like new weapons and you pick up spears. They've got different sort of attack methods and whips and swords and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's like this really clever roguelike game with a shit ton of content in there. Loads of different ways to play it. Mm-hmm. You can play like a dance map mode if you want. Is there a dance map available for it? You can use any old dance map, any old USB dance map. Um, and it actually puts it on an easy mode. You could just play it with a controller. It'll work the same way. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you've got a USB dance mat, you can play it like that if you feel like it. If you feel like getting very, very tired. Um, there's tons of characters to unlock who all have the different methods of playing. Like some characters um, don't have to move in time to the music, but they um, every time they move, the enemies move. So you've got to think about your movements to make sure. It's a bit like Super Hot. It's kind of more like um, Nova 111 than anything. So like you're... Yeah, so like you you have to keep in mind where they're going, when they're firing their beams and stuff like that, and how you're going to dodge around them and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, there's other catches who have like bigger bombs and kick bombs and stuff like that. Um, it's absolutely like beautifully made game, really cool music that plays through it. You can put the, you can choose what music each character has associated with them or put it on random on different characters. So I've been playing with random so I can get like a nice mixture of the music. So every time I play it, it's like switches from heavy metal to techno to like chip tunes. Um, the main theme's done by Barry, ba- Danny Baranowski. Mm. He makes awesome stuff like friggin' Super Meat Boy and the I original Binding of Isaac and all awesome. that sort of stuff. Um, just an absolute like, genius. It's got very typical of his style. Very dark, guitar-led, driven music. Um, there's some nice little touches in there that some other um, roguelike games could do with. Like you can remove items from the randomization thing. So you collect diamonds and use those diamonds to unlock items that will go into the treasure chest when you're in the dungeon. So, but you can also remove them. You can go to the janter and get them removed from the mix. Yeah. So you can get the weaker items taken out. Okay. So you yeah. don't have to, like, you know, so you can so like hone a it down. Mode. Yeah. Well, so you can hone it down and make sure you're getting the better items each run. Yeah. Um, stuff like there's a couple of permanent upgrades you can get. There's boss rushes you can practice against enemies, practice against bosses. All sorts of really nice, neat stuff hidden away in there. Um, just excellently designed game. Like it's properly fun. Instantly, like the moment you play, it, you get it. Like as soon as you got, you know, as soon as you figured out the movement and motions, and you see the way the enemies move, you can start figuring out how to attack them. Some really clever ones, like there's a big minotaur that charges at you, so you want to bait it, dodge to the side, hit him as he goes past. Be on him in time with the music. Yeah, but you're yeah. doing everything in time to music, so it's do 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 like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like charging a ball. He like charges at you, you, step to the side, and stab him as he goes past. And then if he smacks into a wall, you can stab him a few times because um, it's fun to stab balls. Apparently, Spaniards love it. Um, but yeah, it's um, really great. I can't get very far on it because it's pretty difficult. <laughs> I've unlocked the second zone and I've been trying to get through that, but I keep dying. Oh. Um, you get some really cool bosses. I fought a, a, a gorilla who's leading the conga line. You have to kill the conga line <laughs> before he attacks you. Um, like the whole conga line of zombies. So it's essentially like uh, one of those cactus plant things from uh, Mario. Yeah, they'll just come for it. zombies. Yeah, and but they're dancers. They're dancing, doing a conga. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. Hey, dun, 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 more like hey. do do do. Come on and do the conga. Do do do. No, you want to do the hustle. Do do oh. do. Push pineapple, shake the tree. No, you do the hustle. It needs a funk soundtrack. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. They should let Ace Waters do a soundtrack. Actually, that'd be badass. He's done a couple of songs based on it. I do hope they put the chips all music on the PS4 version because Neve Houston is makes amazing music. Yeah. She did the friggin' music for Super Hexagon. Nice. I like it. It is awesome. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I recommend it. It was, like, it was only like five quid the other day on PSN, so I was like, Is that with PlayStation Plus? No, that was just in the sale they had cool. going on. You always um, have to, we always have to say if it's PlayStation Plus or not. It's always good yeah, to like... It's not on sale anymore. It's too yeah, late. You're going to have to buy it full price now, you dumbass. Yeah, that's true. Should have bought it at the time. Xbox One anyway, because then you get the soundtrack. Well, you get the extra track. You get the extra song. You get the extra song. Yeah. You there get you the... You get Only the, if you buy it on Xbox One. Get the extra soundtrack. But it's the whole soundtrack. Everyone who's done it has done all the music in the game. All right. Even like when you're going around the hub world, it'll yeah. change. Um, so... Family Xbox Jewels, one. yeah, Family Jewels tune for it, that Jewels guy. Run the Jewels. Family Jewels. Don't know who that is. You know him, he's the kid with the uh, the hair who does all those heavy metal video game covers on YouTube. You've seen him, you've definitely seen him. He did like a big old medley of a whole ton of songs. Run the Jewels do a song which uh, which has the line, got that dick in her mouth all day. That's lovely. It's I'm in love again, got that dick in her mouth all day. Is that the one that goes, oh. baby can I smell your dick? <laughs> Your Gucci stinks like shit. Right. Um, yeah, it's a good game. Really good. Really, 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 really good. Yeah. Um, I'd compare it to like, so if you like stuff like Enter the Gungeon, Rogue Legacy, and all that sort of stuff, you'll probably fit right in. But it plays a bit more like Nova One 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 a little bit. Yeah. Just with time to the music and stuff, because old Rogue games were turn-based anyway. So that's what they were trying yeah. to do. They were trying to get the turn-based feel back. We've seen we've into Rogue Legacy Wizards and Warriors. Yeah. Free. My brother used to play Rogue all the time on his computer. He had an emulator, the uh, original Rogue with all the ASCII <laughs> things. Yeah. Gosh, anyway, good stuff. Yeah. Review something, you cock. Okay. Uh, zombies. Hey. Eh? Just in general. Zombies are dying out. That's good. Because they've been oversaturated the market for quite a while, haven't they? I don't think they're ever going to die. You don't that's, think they're ever going to die. That's kind of the key problem with zombies. Like zombies as a mechanic in a game can work. If they're fodder. Yeah, because you can don't like feel a, bad about shooting humans yeah. and they can release it it's in like Germany. Zombies are the Nazis of the supernatural world. Hmm. But um, but recently there's been... Uh, like, the Nazis, not the Nazis of the supernatural no, world as well. No. No, only in Wolfenstein. <laughs> and then Nazi zombies are the the Nazis of both the normal and the, the supernatural world. I don't know. I, I probably named quite a few films that feature supernatural zombies. That's true. Anyway, so... Um, so, yeah, in regards to zombies... Um, so quickly, Santa Clarita Diet is the newest Netflix show. Oh yeah, Timothy that Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore yeah. um, I've watched it all. It's fine. It's uh, I would say it's it is a Timothy Oliphant. It's it's earned that. Um, but in regards to the plot, everything that's in it, it's a comedy. It's quite good. Um, at, at comedic time, like everyone in it's good. Everything's great. The plot feels quite fluid. Everything works. It's only in the ending where I feel like there were some issues, but. You know, I would recommend watching it because, again, it's another one of those Netflix things. If you can watch it in 4K, it looks really nice in 4K. It's another one of those ones that, like, gets a solid, solid picture. Like, everything's bright. HDR works really well on it. It's bloody helps if you're shooting a 4K camera. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not got any of that digital noise that you get from a lot of... Yeah. You know, like, uh, Daredevil had a lot of, like, um, added in... That's a stylistic choice, though, isn't it? Yeah. That a lot of people use, like, Walking Luke Dead. Luke Cage didn't have it. Yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't fit. Luke Cage didn't have it. House of Cards didn't have it. Yeah. You know? Everything else looks clean, quite clinical. But, but it's Walking just, Dead use that film, film, yeah. film grain filter yeah. on everything. It's fucking bad. Shoot it on film like they did Breaking Bad, man. Yeah. Breaking Bad Breaking one of the best bad looking shows on TV. Great. Yeah, shot on film. Yeah, and uh, so was uh, Better, Call, Better Saul. Call Saul. Yeah, that in 4K looks fucking yeah. phenomenal. The first episode of Better Call Saul, there's a scene in which he's in Cinnabon. Yeah. And you know they roll out that sheet. Cinnabon, yeah. Yeah, if you watch that in 4K, for some reason, that is just the most hypnotic thing to watch in 4K because it's so crisp, it's so clean, you can see it. Like, you could sit like a foot away from your TV and you wouldn't be able to see a pixel. It's great. Mm. But anyway, so, sorry, back to this, back to zombies. So, um, Santa Clarita Diet. 
Absolutely fine. Timothy Oliphant. It's a great show. I recommend you watch it. It's 10 episodes. It's five hours of your life. And it's got twists and turns. Well, only half hour episodes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really funny, really common, like great comedic timing. But the other side of zombies right now for me are the Resident Evil series. So last week I reviewed Resident Evil 7. Can you just do that as your... No. Last week I reviewed Resident Evil 7. And Resident Evil 7... So you're just trying to squeeze two reviews into one part? No, because it's all about zombies. Resident Evil 7 doesn't have any zombies in it. They've moved away from that in the series. It's, it's evolved over time to be uh, more more about the horrors of the disease and everything else. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great series because it has evolved. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, they've constantly stayed stayed you know, fresh by trying new things. And, and like I said, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Resident Evil 6 would be better off forgotten, but at the same time, we had a great hour of a com- campaign as Leon with zombies, and that felt more like the older Resident Evils than Resident Evil 4 did. It just wasn't very well, you know, organised. It wasn't very well explained, and some of the older mechanics that got in there didn't need to be in there. Anyway, so last week Resident Evil 7 molded all that other stuff. It's great. I'd say buy it. You know, any of the Resident Evil games, I would always recommend... Even the cheesier ones, it's nice and fun. Even Resident Evil Gaiden, I'd recommend, and fucking Resident Evil Outbreak on the PS2 and stuff like that. I'd recommend it all because I love the but series. Umbrella Corps. I own Umbrella Corps. Yeah, you couldn't get a game going, could you? I got some games going. I'm oh, level no. five now, but I haven't been able to game get a game since. It was only eight quid, so I don't regret anything. But anyway, but um, should the opposite end of this is the films. In 2001, 2001, Sony Pictures got the rights to Resident Evil the movie. Yeah, and they released a movie, which. It was crap but fun. It was yeah, kind of nice. Watchable. Yeah. It's got it was, Michelle Rodriguez in it. It's got silly plot. Yeah. You know, Marilyn Manson music. Yeah, Marilyn Manson music. Some slipknot. You know, yeah. they kind of I've knew got the their, soundtrack. Yeah, they knew their audience. <laughs> they worked well with it. And I kind of like the first film. It's a Paul W.S. Anderson joint. Yes. The second film. In the second film, they try and be Resident Evil 2. They try and match it. And then for some reason, they've got zombies coming up on the ground. Just not a lot of it makes sense. They've got Nemesis in there, but Nemesis has a backstory now and used to be human. What the fuck? But it would have been human at some point. No, Resident Evil, the tyrants and, and Nemesis were made. They yeah. were just like clones. They were yeah. just like, you know. Um, they mutated someone. No, they didn't yeah. mutate people. Only in the films. And and the films steadily went down this path where they weren't evolving. They were using the same tropes. Like, if we can if we can make it look like it's a rib cage, it can fly and then it can go around. No, there's a dragon thing. Yeah, in the there's no one, point in explaining <laughs> these things. There's no point in coming up with a reason for these. And and it just kept building and building and getting worse and worse. There's like martial arts thrown in, which didn't really make sense when you're fighting zombies. You don't really want to get close. You don't want to do spin kicks and stuff. But that was still in there. Uh, Resident Evil Three. They really shot the shit the bed and they went full Day of the Dead. And everything became sand and desert. I quite like that the third one was different and weird. It was like they tried something. Yeah, it just it, different director. It, it wasn't it? very good. Yeah. You know, it, no, it wasn't was, good, but I like that they were like, they let's were just make our own thing yeah. rather than trying to clone the games. And then you go on to the fourth, speaking of clones, you go to the fourth one where it turns Which out forgets that the clone. desert was yeah, there. Forgets anymore. the desert and everybody's everybody's in uh, like, um, where is it? They're like in, they're in like Los Angeles or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the fourth one's the last one I watched. It's I'm the one that ends I'm, with her actually, getting the Umbrella Corpse boat, getting on the getting on the blower on the Umbrella Corpse boat, yeah. boat and going, if there's any survivors out there, come find us. You just use right. that that's the one. That's the one where they, they own thing. Kick, they kick the stained glass window, and that oh, cuts yeah. the dog in half. Yeah, that's the one. And then the yeah. fifth one. I haven't is, seen, but apparently it's awful. Well, the fifth Afterlife. one's like a video game. Yeah. So like they have to go down, and then Umbrella, it turns out, have small ecosystems 
in which they've cloned hundreds of thousands of people. And so you've got one that's like Japan, one that's Oi. like New York, one that's like a little city, just so oh, they can yeah. throw zombies in to go and terrorise people and see how they react, because they're idiots. They don't really know what they're doing. And now you've got six. Now six, I'm going to... I'm just going to disclose this now. Six, I went to go see... Um, this was my work leaving thing. Like, they asked me what I wanted to do, and I said... Did they well, hate you? No, no, they asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, the only way that I see fitting to the end of my time with this company is that we all go to the cinema, we go see a shitty film, and we get pissed up before we do it. So we all went to go see this film drunk, and I'll tell you what, we were loud. We were very loud, but we never got kicked out. No one complained, because the film was so bad, I think most people were laughing at the jokes we were making. They probably weren't. (laughs) They're probably very angry. No, they weren't. No one liked this film. I can't think of anyone. So, you know how Underworld, I said it was too dark and it wasn't very well directed and it wasn't very well made and that was the problem. With this, it's too dark. Every single fight scene has about 700 edits. Yeah, of course it does. Paul DeSantis style. 700 cuts. Well, no, that's the thing. (laughs) In other films, they have like slow motion. So they show you everything, but it's no, the fast cutting's a thing he's always done. Really? Yeah, he's people Event consider Horizon, it. Um, like those, like, people are actually starting to consider him to be an avant-garde director. No, he's not. Yeah. So anyway, so Resident Evil, <laughs> Resident Evil Six. Uh, I can't believe Resident Evil Six in the films. It's insane to me. It's weird how both Resident Evil Six, the game, and the film are dog shit. Yeah. And Resident Evil 5 is considered all right, I guess. <laughs> um, most people don't mind that one because it's like, it does go nuts. Resident Evil 5, it's just, it's like a video game, isn't it? Um, but anyway, so Resident Evil, Resident Evil 6, the film. Uh, the Resident, final chapter. The final chapter. Uh, the plot is that Alice Alice has, once again, lost the entire crew that she was hanging with in 5. She's going around on her own. She tries to rob a bike, gets tasered, and then gets strung upside down by some umbrella people, at which point... There is a fight scene in which she spins herself around while she's hung upside down. She steals someone's machine gun and shoots everyone as she's spinning. Yeah, just she with do pinpoint anything. accuracy. And then she gets grabbed by um, grabbed by the by the guy who played William Birkin in the third one. You know the guy that was injecting himself with the cure, tried to keep himself cured, and then he yeah. got stretchy fingers. Oh yeah. That guy's back. He's a priest now, for some reason going around in a car that has people chained up and he makes them repent. And then he gets his handcuffed so she can steal the bike and drives off. And they're going back to Raccoon City to go back down into the hive because they find out there's loads of people. The hive has completely changed. So it's no longer like a lift that goes down and there's a train. It's now a massive space where they've got all these people frozen who have been injected with a T-virus to make them super soldiers, right. to make them super powerful, and they're going to release them all. All right? So they're going down there and they've got to go defeat all the bad monsters. There's like a level that's full of dogs and then they get to this thing and the dogs are like, oh, I'm not going any further. And it's because there's fans. They avoid going into the fans. Ruby Rose is there for some reason. She gets chopped up by the fans. Ruby Uh, Rose? Yeah. The woman from Orange is the New Black? Yeah. What's she doing in that? She's in Triple X too. She's in everything right now, isn't she? Yeah. That's all right, I don't mind. She's lovely. Yeah, she's lovely. Oliver Girl, got tats. Tats. She's all tatted up. I love seeing her tatties. Tattoos. She's got loads of tattoos. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so they all they all go back down into the hive, which they originally were trying to escape from in the first one. You see? Full circle. All right, they went back yeah. to the beginning. Turns out this whole time, Alice wasn't... A, so she was originally a sleeper agent. Yeah. And then she was a super soldier infected with the T-virus. And then she was that was a, a smart idea yeah. of Umbrella's one of their best ideas yeah. of all and their ideas. She was a psychic. Wow. And then she was a psychic clone. Hmm. And then she was 
take her powers were taken off of her by Wesker in the beginning of the beginning of the fifth one, mm-hmm. I believe. And then in the sixth one, she is she's got no powers. Turns out she's actually a clone of the original Red Queen, who was a girl with like Pejoria or something, where she's got like the aging disease or brittle bone disease. Alright. And so this old Mila Yonovich in old age makeup wheels out and she goes, You were the best me I could be. Well, you were the seventeenth best me there could be. And this whole film has all been based around torturing that woman just because she's a clone of this old biddy. And Wesker's like, I'm going to kill you now. And then all of a sudden, the priest turns out his original person, William Birkin, the one we saw in the third film was a clone as well. And there's one of them frozen up in the hive who comes alive and he's got super speed. And there's a scene (laughs) where Alice is looking at a table of weapons and she's like, all right, if I grab that, and then it shows you what she could do to kill him. Oh, like Sherlock. Like Sherlock, yeah. But it's got like Terminator vision. So she zooms in, there's like a red outline and says like, grab, stab. She's got robot eyes then. Yeah, apparently. And she sees three different things and he goes, I wouldn't even bother. I've already countered you. And then you see his robot vision in which he has magic powers. So that when she goes to grab him and stab him with something, he just quickly zooms out the way at inhuman speed, grabs it and then stabs her with it. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's fucking stupid. Oh, there's a there's an Asian guy who I jokingly said he's going to know martial arts, isn't he? He does. Does a flying flip kick. There's two things Asian men do in American <laughs> films: no martial arts and be the butt of a romantic it's, joke. It's just ridiculous. <sighs> and then, and then, spoilers. Turns out that turns out there's a cure for the zombies. Which Bit late she now. Sets, she sets off, cures all the cures monsters. You. Well, there's six hundred fifty thousand people left on the earth. Apparently, oh, is that there's it? a bunch of them in that fucking truck, so oh. they're fine. <sighs> And then there's, like, everyone Alice knew that she's just met up with again. They're all hanging out in this tower that's very structurally unsound. They're apparently their base. Even though Umbrella have these giant tanks that go around shooting missiles. Where are getting the money from now? I don't know. Oh, it's quite funny. There's a scene <laughs> There's a scene in which they're chasing her down in a tank. And they're like, where did she go? And I'm like, she's on the tank, isn't she? <laughs> she's on the tank with this bu- fuck-off giant petrol can that's just apparently full of, of petrol. <laughs> <laughs> and starts pouring it on the top and apparently these 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 whole these like super powered super futuristic tanks aren't waterproof because no. it starts spilling into the vents and she just lights it on fire and that's the end of it <laughs> it's so shit I can't there's zombies in it yeah uh. but like they're they're not fret they just get like knocked about all the time no they kill like one person oh yeah <sighs> it's so fucking bad and I can't, I can't explain how much the editing irritated me. Like stuff like when you're on top of a moving vehicle. And this I've heard is a, it's exceptionally bad, even for an Anderson film. It is so fucking bad. Yeah. But all right, so take a car that's moving. You've got, you've got everything set up. So you've got another, you've got a camera rig that's following the car. You've paid for this expensive equipment, and on the car you're gonna have two people fight. They're clearly on the car. It's not. It's not a digital composite shot. They aren't. They aren't inserting background there to make it look like it's moving. They're not on the still car. on a fake car rig in front of a green no, screen. No, nothing like that. They're actually on With this fans car. Fans blowing the hair around. Moving at very slow speed. I noticed, like oh, fifteen yeah. mile an hour. Yeah, that's how you film any car sequences in yeah. films. You always shoot them low speed. Exactly. And so you've got this fight where two people are basically going in slow motion fighting mm. against each other to make it look like they're fighting. 
And then, and then you know, it's impressive enough as it is. It's a technical spectacle if you've got that shot and it's one single solid shot. Hmm. But it's not that one shot. It's Milo Jovanovic grabs him and and flips up onto the flips up onto the onto the top of the car. That's three cuts. That's seven cuts. Well, I'm not even fucking kidding. So hand on side. Yeah. Hand flexing. So this is a new shot. So hand on side, grabbing. That's a close up of the hand. Then a shoulder behind the shoulder. Pull up, and then the flip, yeah. then the landing, yeah. then the standing in front of him, and then the preparing to fight, and then turning to him, and he gives the eyebrow. Seven mm. shots. Jeez. Seven fucking edits. It's not as bad as when Liam Neeson climbed that fence once. Is it taken free? There's like thirteen cuts when he climbed when he in the time. In oh the yeah, short where he does the. Yeah, <laughs> but Liam Neeson's an old guy. That needs to happen. These aren't two old actors. Yeah. And also, you've already shot the fucking impressive scene. All you've done is you've butchered it with GoPro footage. That's yeah. whizzing around for some reason. It doesn't need to be a handy cam shot. No one's going to think this is a fucking found footage film. <laughs> you got to shake the camera nowadays. How do no! you know it's intense? You don't. Intense is implied in the scene. You're a good director. You make intensity for the narrative. Yeah. Oh, so it's Paul Dose Anderson though. It's so he's fucking not a good bad. director. Honestly, it's so fucking <laughs> bad. And then at the end, she releases the cure, it kills all the zombies. But she's like, "My adventure continues," and she's zooming on the bike. And the the fucking winged demons are apparently still okay, even though they said the uh, virus is airborne. I'm assuming they're flying through fucking jelly and not air because they're fine and they've clearly been infected by the. Maybe virus. Maybe they're just completely unrelated and not anything to do with the virus. Maybe the yeah, maybe that's just what happens. To they the just pigeons. came from the wrong film. They're the <laughs> dragons from friggin' Rain, Rain of Fire. Fire. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's somewhere going, gotta wait for the magic yeah. yeah. Oh god, it was fucking bad, dude. But it was fun. It was really fun watching it. Like there's a scene there's a scene where the priest guy's like, he's lost his hand and he's just got back in the vehicle and some guy goes to him and goes, Where's the woman? And he goes, Oh, where's the woman? And just pulls out his knife and starts stabbing the guy and went, that's just a poor management style that is. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but uh oh god, it was fucking bad. Anyway, uh, I give it I give it Adam Sandler. Mm. I went to see the last Resident Evil. Fuck's sake! But the last Resident Evil didn't have seventy cuts. Yeah, they all did. There's. Have you seen the Cameron Carpenter's video about um, Paul Thomas Anderson's action sequences? Yeah, but I don't think Paul W. S. Anderson directed the last one. No, he did. He directed the last one. Oh, well, the fifth one. Yeah, there's, there's two, the second and third. He didn't do, and the oh. others are all him. Well, that explains the second and the third one being so fucking abysmal. Well, actually, saying that, the second and the third one were better than this. I like when Alice Kung Fu fights Nemesis in the second one. Yeah, I like that as well. <laughs> Um, and the bit where they recreate the scene from Code Veronica, don't they? They have her running down the corridor with a gun firing at yeah. her, and then she does the drop the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, my last review will be Yakuza Zero. Nice. Which I've played for about fifteen hours so far. Not made a massive amount of progress because it's Yakuza. I, I want to go around and play the grabby arm claw games and stuff instead. Um, I've seen people try and play those, and they're not very good. Did you see my video I put on Twitter? Yes. I got four items in three goes. I'm the grabby claw game man master. Well, see, you've shown me a picture. Of a guy that looks like Gargamel. On a podcast. It says, says, when you're so bad at catching smurfs, you're forced to find a new job, and it's Gargamel working at a fruit store. There. Yakuza 0 is a prequel to the Yakuza series, which is a bit of an odd thing, because, like, even though they've all been released in the UK, the releases have always been, like, some of the most splintered, messy things ever like the first game was released really late in the PS2's lifespan um, and dubbed over into English like quite well but like not 
really fit in for a game that's about Japanese Yakuza's and stuff. Yeah. Um, the second game is decent. That came out a bit really late in PS2 lifespan as well. Third game got released over here on PS3, but they gutted tons of it. Yeah. Um, fourth game is probably one of the best Yakuza games. I freaking love that game. Absolutely superb. It's PS3 only though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you play as four different characters in that game. The fifth game was released as a download only on PS3, even though it came out on PS4 and PS3 in Japan. Um, Yakuza 0, same situation. It came out on PS3 and PS4 in Japan. Over here, it's only coming out on PS4. Um, and it's basically really nice looking game although there is the odd moment where you can see some PS3-ish textures here and there yeah. and stuff but really beautifully presented and as the game goes on you play as Kiryu Kazama Kazuma um, who's always been the main protagonist of the series with his pop collar and all his like you know nice jacket and stuff haven't got his white jacket yet he's only wearing black is that a white yeah. jacket he'll get his signature. white jacket eventually yeah yeah. Um, and you also six. there's Yakuza 6 is out just come out in Japan recently it's coming out here next year alright um, there's also the zombie one and the two samurai ones yeah the zombie one is the one I was interested in there was in. a PSP one as well where you played a teenager okay Taku um, Ishin Gakataku. yeah um, but yeah this this one's like telling the origin stories of Kazuya Kiryu and um, Goro Majima Majima's yeah. the guy with the, pit, the eye patch who's really crazy and wild in the other games Okay. But in this one, when you first meet him, he's running a hostess club and he's very reserved. <laughs> and he teaches a guy a lesson who's like feeling up one of his hosts and um, basically beats the shit out of him without laying a hand on him until he pulls a knife. Nice. And he pulls him over and he swipes the guy's business card in the middle of the fight without him realising and makes him pay for everyone's drinks that night. <laughs> or he'll call the police because he realises he's the boss of a pharmaceutical company. Really nice. cool scene. He's like... Because he's not showy or anything, but you know there's this little bit of a showmanship behind there. Yeah. And he's like there, so, and he sort of says, you know, band, play something fast. And they start the band start playing some music, and this jazz music's playing. Sounds a lot like something by Yoko Kano. Yeah. And he's like, you know, just dodging the guy's punches and being... <laughs> every time he dodges the punch, he comes around with a hot towel. And he's like, would you like a hot towel? So, <laughs> um, probably one of the best intros ever. Um, all the Kiryu stuff so far has been really good Yakuza backstabbing stuff. He's been framed for a murder, which brings shame on his family. Um, he's basically asked to be expelled from the Yakuza clan. Um, one of the guys who's a villain who turns up in Yakuza 4, I think it was, he was one of the main villains. Yeah. Um, you've got him expelled from the Yakuza at this point. But like all the other Yakuza games, even though they lean on a lot of the plot elements from the previous ones, it's always pretty easy to jump in on them. Like, the third one had a bunch of um, video things you could watch showing what happened in the first and second game. Um, the fourth one didn't have anything like that, but the fourth one was four separate characters telling a story that linked together, and it worked really well how they came together. But this one, you just got the two characters, and it really does spend ages setting up all these little pieces of this whole big story. It spends more time setting up stuff than most games have an entire lifespan. Yeah. Um, the attention to detail, there's friggin'. Kamarocho, the town you're wandering around as Kiryu is really nice. You go around uh, part of Osaka as Goro Majama, Majama, yeah, um, really nicely detailed. All these neon lights everywhere, lots of little things to do, little shops to go to, and food to have. Can't find anywhere selling any okonomiyaki yet. Found plenty of noodles and stuff. Um, all the drinks in it are like real licensed drinks, and when you drink them, it gives you a little description of the drink. There's a 12 year Glenfiddich bottle I was drinking on it. Nice. <laughs> um, Really, just all these little tiny details you can go play Outrun and Space Harrier in the arcades um, apparently Super Hang On and uh, Fancy what? that's the zombie one isn't it? no that's the samurai one the first one yeah yeah 14. yeah Ishin, yeah that's the cheapest I can find it for yeah but it's only available in Japan but uh but um yeah there's like 
so many little details in there, all these little side quests you get to do where you meet other characters and get to know them. Um, there's some pervy stuff in there, like if you get to know any of the girls in the game, you can unlock a naughty videos of them in their bikinis that you can watch at a naughty, naughty video store. That doesn't sound naughty. <laughs> um, you get an achievement for that, the camera focuses on a box of tissues and the achievement pops and takes a photo at that moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, absolutely superb game. The fighting styles in it, each character has like three different fighting styles and at the end of the game you'll unlock a fourth and the fourth fighting style is basically how they fight in the other games. So it's like in this game they're forming the three tenants of the fighting style that makes up the the ones they've used in the other games. All right, so it's like, yeah, so it's a true pre- a prequel. Yeah, so he's like, when you're playing as Kiryu, he's got a brawling fighting style, he's got a fast rush fighting style, and he's got the bear, the beast fighting style, where he can, like, grab a bike with a punch button and swing the bike and use it as, like, an extension of his fists and all this. Do you this. have Yakuza Dead Souls? Um, no, no, it wasn't great, that one. It's a bit iffy. You relied a lot on gunfighting, and gunfighting's never been good in Yakuza, and they didn't tweak it for that game. No. Um but yeah, um, Zero's superb so far. Yeah? Um, I don't know how far I'm for it. Probably not very far because these games take ages to play through because they're, they're sprawling Yakuza epics. Um, but yeah, so far this is probably one of the best games I've played on the PS4. Graphics-wise right. or gameplay-wise? The graphics everything. and stuff like really nice, but there is a little hint of PS3-ness to it. Um, Yakuza 6, I think, is the first one that's entirely built on the PS4. If I remember rightly. Um, there's also a remake of the first game coming out. Is Yakuza Kiwami? Yeah, Kiwami. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's coming sale. out here in like November or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like £55 on. Yeah. yeah. Just wait until it comes out over here. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I'm just looking because I find it interesting. Like yeah. The thing about Yakuza is it's always, one of those, it's always been one of those series that's been in the background. I've never, yeah. I've never really attempted to get involved. Yeah, it's got a lot of hardcore fans and yeah, stuff. Yeah, tons of hardcore fans. But like, because Sega's always like kind of botched or not really done the releases very well, they've kind of always slipped away. I think Yakuza 4 was the one that made them do the best over here. Yeah. Because Yakuza 4 is superb. Yeah, it's wow. also great. Yeah, you can get it for... It's not too much. Yeah. You can get a promotional edition. Yakuza 5 was a download only over here, which is a bit rubbish. Um, but and I think Zero is a great way to Yakuza jump in. Yakuza 5 is on the PS4? PS3 only. It was on PS4 in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a film by Mika Takashi. Yeah, I know. Directed, I saw that. Um, like a Dragon, as it should be called. It's the proper name for the series. But um, I think this Yakuza Zero, if you want to jump into the series, this is perfect. Yeah, I'm, Which, thinking, about, yeah. I'm thinking about giving it a go. I, I might not buy it straight away. I might borrow yours at some point when yeah. you're done with it. Um, it does a good job of like doing a 1980s vibe to it without being too silly. Yeah, like so it's it like what we were It's not too kitschy, it's but not too like, jokey. Yeah, the music still feels like the music from the other games, but there's occasional moments of synthiness working into it. And, huh. you know, when you're walking around, everything, it's all neon signs. And, yeah. like, you know, the arcade's only got the 80s games in it, so you can play Outrun. It's it's like full-blown Outrun, like the full Outrun, the arcade game. I haven't been able to play that since Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of people compare them to Shenmue, but this yeah, is like a super like- aggressive Shenmue. Yeah, I think it's like a spiritual successor. It's a lot more yeah. free, isn't it? And it's true. It's, you all sit in one area, and you think that the area you're looking in, it's not that big, but no. this it's dense and yeah, it's there's stuff to do. There's so much stuff. Like there's a baseball game in Yakuza Four, <laughs> so I assume it's in this one as well. I'm pretty sure you can go there and play it, where you're just like striking the ball, no, and all this a, sort of stuff, and get really better. It's interesting to me as a series. Like I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about getting, um, thinking about getting Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, that's probably going to be my RPG this year. <laughs> Persona Five, man. No, no. I can't I'm, wait for that. I, April. 
I've been thinking about buying um, Final Fantasy 15 for quite a while because mm. it's 28 quid on Amazon the other day seemed bad for that I think you can get it for like 20 yeah. you keep going and buying dodgy sites no just eBay <sighs> I can get a sealed copy on eBay for like 22 pound <sighs> probably fell off a truck maybe made by starving orphans but, um, what yeah. the truck or the game yeah truck <laughs> it's a Tonka truck. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, an Apple Mac truck. Yeah. That's why it fell off it. Yeah. It didn't have a back door. They decided back doors weren't really relevant anymore. <laughs> so they removed it. Um, <coughs> but yeah, Yakuza 0. I think if you want to jump into the series, perfect place to jump in on it. Um, I used to say like Yakuza 4 like is a bit of an odd one to jump in on, but it is good to jump in on it because you've got four characters, you're going to be introduced to a whole bunch of new stuff. Most of the game is setting up those four characters. Yeah. And when it comes to Kiryu, who's the only is the main character you play as from the other games, in the fourth one, it like it tells you what you need to know. He runs an orphanage in that one, mm. just like his um adopted his adoptive father did, who you also learn about in Yakuza Zero. Oh really? Yeah. Is he so a character? But he's, well, he's in prison in this game. Um he Does may he have been framed. Sent away early on. I've seen I've seen like a gameplay of the first like thirty minutes, and then like a guy dies, and then someone gets accused of it. That's what happens with Kiryu. He um, beats a guy in an alley to get money off him because he's collecting a debt, and then yeah. later on, he t- this guy turns up dead with a bullet in his brain oh, in a place called the Empty Lot, which is a part of ground in Kamurocho that no one owns, yeah. and all the yakuza are basically the different families are fighting to gain control of this ground because even though it's a tiny little lot, whoever can gain that ground has a majority. Oh. So that's like the whole thing's about. It's about the Yakuza trying to get this and you... Sounds a bit like Taboo. Have mm. you been watching Taboo? No. Uh, Tom Hardy owns a very tiny part of um, India or Africa mm. and they need it to... Basically that part has enough um, water and supplies for it to be a, a route in and mm. out of the country. They can transfer goods and, and they can get over to uh, key parts. Yeah. And so they're trying to force him to sell that land. I've watched all the. I've only watched two episodes so far, um, but it's very well acted. Yeah, it's very expensive looking. That's one of the things that struck me first. I was like, "Well, Tom Hardy's in it, so probably most of the budget's gone on that." I was like, "Whoo, shit! These sets, it's fucking insane." <laughs> no, TV shows get crazy budgets now, man. I know. Young Pope, man, that show looks amazing. How weird is it that Brett, that Walking Dead is getting less and less money? Well, I don't think they need. They got the same set, haven't they? They're sticking. They got the same set each series. I know, but like, and also, do you hear that they're cutting down the blood? They, apparently on the reruns they've cut down the violence for the first half of the seven yeah. series but they're probably showing it earlier in the day why are they cutting down the violence it might be the DVDs and Blu-ray still the same yeah but they said they're going to permanently change it so there's less violence I don't know because people not. complain I think that they think that the, the most recent series is failing because people weren't happy with the violence but I think it's failing just because the script writing has been crap for years I like it still I still like it it's just I, ever since the episode with a barn and Jesus I've been really fucked off of it <laughs> You remember that episode? Yeah, that's the fine. trees trees magically went around the barn. These trees that should have destroyed it horribly, and all the trees happened to sweep away the zombies as well. But they they went round the barn. It's a magical pattern. And then as they're like, who could have done it? And they look back, and then there's a light shining down in the Bible. That's fine. That's bad. Ah, that's really bad. I like it because it's like the whole thing with Walking Dead is there's this constant story that they're just like this. Like King Arthur's court surviving against all odds. Yeah, that's one of the cool things with it. But anyway, um, Yakuza Zero, fucking good. Yeah, really I, good. Like I said, I'll play it eventually. I'll, I'll probably ask yeah. to borrow your copy or something. No, that's it's going to be a contender for Game of the Year. That. 
Already. Although it came out in 2015. It's been a bit good year so far. Well, it came out in 2015? In Japan it did. Yeah. Over here it's just come out this last couple, last week actually. Jesus. But um, cause they, they take ages because they obviously have to translate shit tons of text. Yeah. It's a lot of work. But they don't change the speech. It's all yeah, it's in all, all in Japanese, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, this has been excellent. Like, so far this year has been good though because you've had usually... like Final Fantasy as well, haven't you? And yeah. All that. Well, that's why I mean. Final Fantasy was last year, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I suppose Persona's coming up this year, isn't it? Uh, this year, one what well, I was looking forward Breath to. Breath of the Wild. I was looking forward to, um, what was it, um, Dragon Scale? Was it Dragon Scale? Oh, Scalebound. Scalebound, yeah. Yeah, cancelled. cancelled, yeah. Of course it is. It's an Xbox One exclusive. It's going to get cancelled. What else am I looking forward to? <laughs> if it's not Gears of War 4, it gets cancelled. Yeah. Wait for Crackdown 3 to get cancelled. God, that really fucked me off. Yeah. Because that's out this year. Um, oh, um, Sea of Booty. Age of Booty. Age of Booty. No, it's Age, Age of Booty is that little game, isn't it? Yeah, Sea of Booty. Sea, sea of Thieves. Thieves. That's there it, yeah. Go. Yeah, that's coming out this year. Looking forward to that. Um, I was put off that the moment I saw a bunch of gurning YouTubers on the trailer they did. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's enough to put me off again. <laughs> I don't I don't follow that shit, do I? So. Um, well, you know, it's, it's, apparently this year's Call of Duty is going to be more like the old ones, which is probably bollocks. Yeah, it's probably bollocks, because they haven't yeah. rebuilt the engine or done anything to change it back to the way it was. They've yeah. just building on the same shitty foundation. Eventually that castle will sink into the marshlands. Yeah. This thing, Overwatch apparently took a lot of its um, player base away this year, but there's not going to be a second Overwatch this year. So that's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, they're not going to release expansion packs for Overwatch, they're just doing the gradual updates to go with the game. Yeah, they're they? releasing new characters and stuff on, on yeah, the fly. Doomfist comes soon. Yeah, well, maybe. No, apparently it's like... it's. Like oh, really soon, because um the new update for the thing the the payload on Nimbami mm. it's got an art it's got Doomfist glove in it. Oh really? And that's been updated. The glove's been shattered. The glass has been shattered. And the glove's not in there anymore. Huh, nice. So yeah, he's blatantly come in the next few yeah. weeks or so. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of anything I'm excited for. No. Is that bad? No. That's no. probably quite bad. There's not much. Resident Evil was the game that I was most excited for, and I've now completed that. Yeah, and that's done. And it took ten hours. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, people have forgotten it's coming out. Ah, it's out in three weeks, isn't it? Mass Days Effect's gone. out in a couple of weeks. Days, Days gone. gone. That that'll be next year. You reckon that'll be next year? Yeah. Um, possibly, possibly. The uh, Last of Us Two, maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn still looks very pretty, but I've not seen anything beyond that one trailer. <laughs> yeah, that one little area. I've seen yeah. nothing of it. And isn't Gorilla making it? Aren't they? Yeah. Who they made the kill zone games, which um The last one was very pretty, but only had one area. <laughs> I got bored witless of that game. Did you? Kill Zone Shadowfall. I didn't yeah. complete it. Didn't... The PSP one no, not PSP, the Vita one was quite fun. That was a lot more of a straight up shooter. Didn't the PSP have a pretty good resistance game by Gorilla? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was um no, Rebellion made the oh, yeah, resistance yeah. games, don't they? Who owned D who owned friggin' two thousand AD? And they don't do anything with it. 2000 AD? Yeah, Rebellion owned 2000 AD, like the whole comic book Oh, really? Thing. Oh. Yeah. And they and, didn't do anything with it? Yeah, they made a Rogue Trooper game, no one brought it. That was actually alright though, wasn't it, the Rogue Trooper game? Yeah, it was, yeah. No one brought it. No. I like the Rogue <laughs> Trooper, I have one of the Rogue Trooper comics, but I... I... Why can't they make a friggin' Judge Dredd game with Carl Urban in the... Why don't they just not make a Judge Dredd game that's about Judge Dredd, just make it a horror game where you're a criminal? Who's like, had to do something to save their family and they now have to run through Mega City 1 to try and get away from the judges? <laughs> Because nah. people got away all the time. Yeah. That was the thing, like, he would always go for the worst criminal. So if you could convince him that someone else had committed a worse crime, or if you could snitch 
and find your way over. The dread wouldn't leave you alone. If you've committed a crime, he doesn't care if there's another worse criminal around. He'll arrest you. Yeah, that's true. Your ass is going to jail. You're going to get to the ISO cubes, man. Um, And if you're really unlucky, you get sat with Rob Schneider. In the food recycler. (laughs) Yeah, but I I honestly can't think of anything. You're probably right. Zelda, Breath of... Breath of the Wild. Persona 5 is going to be awesome because it's a Persona game. Yeah, but it's not. I don't play Persona games. You should. Persona 4, if you can get through that first two hours of dialogue. Because <laughs> it is like a Digimon visual game. novel. The Digimon game. Like I was like, I was like, I can't wait to play the Digimon game. And I was like, okay, I've been talking to this guy for 30 minutes now. I yeah. hope I see a Digimon soon. And then I saw a Digimon an hour into the game. And I was like, I can't wait to battle other Digimon. And then when it finally came to me battling other Digimon, it was all so scripted. I was like, fuck. Yeah, Persona 4 is awesome though. Persona 4 is freaking superb. I can't wait for the fifth one. But um, yeah. I can't think of anything I'm excited for. It's really upsetting me. Bomberman? There's a new Bomberman coming out for the Switch. Yeah. I'm not going to get that. <laughs> I would if I had a Switch. Um, new Mario game might be weird. Yeah, it's not until December. Who knows what's coming or out? possibly January. Yeah, Splatoon 2. That's not until next year. 1-2 one, one, Switch. That's released. Yeah, that'll be released. There you go. <laughs> that, Breath of, Wild, Breath of the Wild and uh, Arms. Arms is really... That's a full price game. I know. Why haven't they released Red Steel 3? <laughs> Ubisoft. Yeah. I like Red Steel. Yeah, they could put a season pass on it and get some extra <laughs> stuff in there. Put some towers in there. Jeez. They can make it feel like you're really shaking a katana Skyrim. when you shake the thing. Yeah, which isn't even the special edition. It's the regular no, version. It's got the DLC in it, though. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just regular old 720, possibly 900p? It was 720p on the tablet. Yeah. It's... Then- 1080p on the... 1080. Yeah, it will be. Um, God, it's a fucking grim year for gaming, isn't it? We've both had our... I think our, there's going to be some really good games coming out, like great stuff, but... I don't think it's... I think it's going to be another year for indie stuff. I don't think it's going to be as packed stuff. as you expect. I'll be... I oh, yeah. Be it's it's, all, it's always a year for indie stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what is out. Like, maybe this year we'll get our standalone... Zombies mode for Call of Duty. We won't have to buy the full price game. Just play the fucking one, vi- one thing <laughs> that everyone enjoys. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're edging there. They've done the, you can play the multiplayer only on PC. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really fucking racking my... Like, even films. Like, what have we got? Spider-Man Homecoming. Guardians Justice of the Galaxy League. 2. Justice League. Are you really excited about that? No, but it's a big film. Wonder Woman. Mm. Apparently that's dog shit. <laughs> find Apparently out. that and Justice League are both dog shit. I could have told you that from the fucking trailer for Wonder Woman when every five seconds there's a slow fucking motion scene. Cyborg looks like someone brought an NVIDIA graphics card to life. <laughs> Cyborg? No, Cyborg looks like the front cover to one of the old voodoo graphics cards. Yeah, looks like there's you know, animation like effects. You're going to get one of those fairies flying around in a second. <laughs> He's like, if for some reason his tits are angular. You know, like, have you seen yeah. them? They like come out and they jar out so there's like slits. So you know he's a robot. Pardon? So you know he's a robot. we got a new Transformers film this year. Yeah, last night. That's gonna Actually, be Hopkins is in that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and do you know what? Optimus Prime is a bad guy in it. Is he? Well, it's um, blatantly Unicron's using him as a herald. Yeah. Um, Galvatron style. And so I wonder if he's going to explain that he's going to kill a human in this one. Just oh, like in the last so. one, where he was like, I'm going to find Kelsey Grammer. I'm going to murder the shit out of him. Did he do it? Uh, um, it's hinted at that he did it. 
Yeah, he did fucking shoot Kelsey Grammer, didn't he? I, I, I saw it in the cinema and that was the only time I could stand it. I can't remember. I can't but remember. But yeah, he just straight up blasts Kelsey Grammer to pieces. I think that I zoned out of that film the moment that... that oh, dude, Mark I was checking Wahlberg, my watch 20 minutes in. Uh, Mark Wahlberg goes to someone's car with his alien gun and he grabs grabs part of their shopping and just happens to be a limited edition aluminum Budweiser. Budweiser that he fucking pops the top off and starts downing it. He throws it out and makes a gay slur and runs off. That's after gun. he's crashed into a Mountain Dew truck or yeah. something like that. Oh, oh, fucking damn it, that film was bad. I can never decide if it's worse for Revenge and Fallen. Oh, it is worse because at one point they justified... Uh, Hound shoots a vagina monster. They No, <laughs> at one point in um, in the last one, in, in whatever it was... Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction, they justify um, rape, don't they? Do they? Yeah, do you remember he's got that card that says, if I was under... Oh, yeah, they spent the time, the Romeo and Juliet law. yeah. Then that means that I'm allowed to fuck this 18 year old despite the fact, no, sorry, 17 year old despite the fact I'm like 21. Yeah. It's like, great, so you met when you were first. Michael Bay seemed to have a really intimate knowledge of that. Yeah, point. Michael Bay had him like a laminated, like, it looked like his copy. On the back of yeah. had Michael Bay aged 32, yeah. <laughs> like a picture of him fucking a child. It's fine. Jesus Christ, that was fucking dark. And that's bad. meant to be lighthearted. Like, the only part of that film that was lighthearted was TJ Miller. I, the things I'll praise that film for um, Michael Bay can make some shots look really nice just when he just like when he's just shooting a long shot of a car driving along the road yeah. it's fucking beautiful without lens flare and he knows how to make like one shot move to another in a way that is a nice transition like he'll have someone swooping at the front and then cut to the back like that yeah um, you remember The Rock and his CGI his CGI is impeccable every film with CGI he does like the Transformers like the details in the metal reflections and shit like that yeah. is insane. But that's not him. Yeah, but that, where he does have a like crazy eye for that stuff. Yeah, like you can they tell just, when a director knows what they're doing. It's a shame he can't write a script. They or just need direct to. actors. They let Roberto Orki write them, and or or you know stage a fight scene cohesively that isn't just two chunks of metal making yeah, noises. That's the thing. The terrible films. Yeah. Um, well, the first one's not so bad. The first one's watchable but noisy. Yeah. And the third one has its moments. The third one? The, the one with um, Sentinel Prime. Oh, yeah. Where with it's that Liam ridiculously Liam. huge finale. And <laughs> yeah. With the big old worm robot thing. <laughs> yeah. That I, was I'd agree with that one. Um, yeah. That's fine. None <laughs> of them are as good as Transformers the Animated Movie. I've never seen it. Um, I've got four copies of it if you want to watch <laughs> it at some point. I'll get a fifth soon. There's <laughs> there's a bunch of, like, I'm really racking my brains to think of anything that's coming out that's going to be, like... Anything that I'm genuinely looking forward to because it looks like original. There's a horror movie called Raw um, that sounded interesting at first where this woman gets like a strain of rabies from eating a raw animal liver. She's a vegetarian. She goes to uh, veterinary college and they have like a hazing ritual in which they take out the embalmed the embalmed animal guts. They're actually in olive oil. And they make the newbies all eat a piece. Yeah. And she gets a rabbit, a rabbit liver that's apparently from a rabid animal and they don't realise and she starts developing sexual feelings towards everyone, but also the craving to eat human flesh. That's, that wouldn't happen. You'd just start vomiting. Yeah, yeah, probably. And foaming. And then eventually you'd show signs of aggression, be completely uncohesive. Just die. No, oh, well. But, um, yeah. So, so much for, uh, so much for our hope. You remember last year we had a little bit of hope? We were like, oh, come on, let this. Batman v Superman was coming out. <laughs> Oh yeah, you you were so excited for Super Suicide Squad. You're like that trailer looks great. I said the trailer looks like it could be a good film, and I still say that 
<laughs> if you got the chance to be one of the editors, like if you got to be the 15th editor on that film, you might have been able to make something good out of that. <laughs> I bet the footage exists to make a decent I film. Reckon, I reckon David Ayer has a cut. I, no, I still think they should release the Blu-ray with a copy of Adobe Premiere so everyone gets to make their own cut. <laughs> it's just give everyone the raw footage. Yeah. And you just, just make your make own your version. Own It'd be like a Simpsons movie maker thing and you can just, like on the PC years ago, just make It'd your own like version. It'd be like Marky Marks, the Sega CD. Blimey. And you can make his own, you can make a music video too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can be like that. God oh. fucking damn it. Maybe there'd be a good film in there. I'm, I'm like most of the stuff I'm looking forward to this year is like my charity stuff and I can't think of a game or a film that I'm really like yeah can't wait like Bomberman it would be Bomberman honestly it would be Bomberman because I fucking love the Bomberman games yeah but Act Zero not. was great yeah but it's it's not because Act I, Zero is the Suicide Squad of Bomberman <laughs> games exactly it's the Batman versus Superman of Suicide Squad yeah. movies actually I'm going to go on record to say I think Batman versus Superman the extended <laughs> cut is better than any cut of Suicide Squad that exists right now well, I don't know. We don't know how many there are. There could be millions. <laughs> you know the bit in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they put in the Ark of Conway? Every other box is filled with cuts of Suicide Squad. <laughs> there's, there's one There's one that's just a film about Katana. Yeah. And I bet that's a great film. <laughs> this is Katana. Don't piss her off. She'll cut you bad. Like, do you think they Trap your soul in a sword. <laughs> there's actually an hour and a half cut of her backstory but they only show you two minutes in the film David Ayer was like I just introduce her in minute 47 oh no they would just have like this old school Japanese action movie and it would just be a woman and she would be she'd be there in tears as her husband lies they can't put Katana in Arrow now because of that film fuck's sake or Deadshot fuck's sake yeah but can you imagine like you would you would open up Rain Slicked fucking Tokyo and there'd be a woman grieving over her husband lying on the ground, his soul escaping his body into the sword that's been pierced through his stomach. Mm. And little does she know. I would do Samurai Jack style live action, barely any dialogue. Yeah, yeah, just rain. Sl- and then little does little do they realise that as soon as she takes it out, she gains the power of every dead dead samurai. That soul is trapped in the sword, so mm. she's now got a husband's fighting ability, yeah. and she just lays ruin to all these people. And then she goes on in a revenge against the yakuza, and eventually, just she's about to take out the yakuza boss, in drops old fucking Colonel fucking Stars and Stripes, my ballsack, and he goes, he goes, Katana, you can't kill him. We need him. He's one of us. And he just like instantly he goes, and then just disappears into a cloud of snow smoke. And in the background, you see hints it's fim fim fam foam. You know, the dragon flying in the background. Thing, thing, thing. That's from Marvel. Oh, is it Marvel? Shit, well, that's ruined my prequel. No. I can't write my prequel now. No, Back shit. to the Manimal script I've been working on for the last anyway. five years. <laughs> I can't wait for that Manimal movie story. It's probably in the podcast. Yeah, probably. It's been almost two hours. All right, well, I'm still walking 100 kilometres from London to Brighton. If you want to donate... I thought can... it was 70. No, 70's the run. Oh. I'm doing a run from London to... From Guildford to Brighton oh. the month after. Good luck. Fuck you. <laughs> so I'm doing a 100km walk from London to Brighton. It's going to be happening on May the 22nd. I will be doing a little bit of live streaming during the event if we can raise enough money. Here's me and my friend. My friend. The lady I'm banging. Friend. Um, but we're both doing it. We're looking to raise about £800. Any donations, £1, £2, £5, £10, whatever you can donate, throw it in there. We've already had a few donations, but we're just looking to get closer to our target before May. Um, so if you want to know anything or if you think there's anyone who will like it we will supply a link on the SoundCloud page I'm sure that Ant will do that for me if I buy him something pretty a bangle a hairband 
What is that? What? Don't pierce your lips like that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sucking you off. You asking me to make an edit to. <laughs> it's not an edit. You just throw a link on the page. But anyway, it's a lot of work. thank you very much for listening. You can find me at tw- on Twitter at Critapocalypse and Anne. You are available at LV54 Space Monkey, as always. You can also find him on Mellow Gaming, uh, on the YouTube channel Mellow Gaming. Hmm. Not quite as expressive as me. He likes to keep things mellow, and that is the object of the channel. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. You find it easier that way, right? Looking forward, we're going to finish a game soon on that channel. Oh, yeah, what game? Not going to tell you. Don't want to spoil it. James Bond. There's a finished game coming up soon. Oh, wait, I know what it is. Catch I, you later. I get stuck in episode. I get